Blog Talk Radio. Got a change around here. Got a change around here. Can't go on this way. Things gotta change around here. Say it loud, say it clear. Things gonna change around here. Fingers on the trigger around here. Fingers on the trigger. Bullets flying, mothers crying. We gotta change around here. Get it straight, be sure that you hear. Things gonna change around here. Day after day, year after year, we gotta change around here.
the Miami Hurricanes should have been, then Virginia Tech. But those three first quarter interceptions and then a fumble by Mike Harley kind of compromised things and stole the focus as Miami fell behind 28 to nothing. But Diaz put it in perspective yesterday when he pointed out very astutely that those fluky kind of things can happen in a football game. Your kicker can miss an extra point. But the defense can't let down the way it did. Not his defense. But the defense was never able to get a stop or even force a field goal as Virginia Tech surged to the lead. And this was not a great offensive team by any stretch of the imagination. Justin Fuente, the Virginia Tech coach, did a damn good job of game planning for that game. And he had a few wrinkles in his back pocket. He had that, the quarterback run at the beginning of the game that I'm not sure Miami was ready for, that he stole off of the Boston College game tape from last year. And then even more significantly, he had a portfolio of a couple different plays geared to getting the ball to his tight end and catching Miami napping a little bit, uncovering the tight end, and uh, got a few touchdowns out of it. Tight ends had a big day for Virginia Tech, and that was enough to escape Hard Rock Stadium with an improbable victory um, that was just absolutely stunning. I mean, let's be honest, it was absolutely stunning. Now, the offense and defense played pretty well in the middle of the game, and Miami staged the mad comeback, and had Bubba Baxa made that extra point, the Canes would have taken the lead in the fourth quarter. But it was kind of inexplicable how they got beat on the same exact pass play that they got beat on in the first quarter. How in the world did that happen? And um, that's what the coaches and players right now are having to reconcile as their season is in trouble. And, you know, they're sitting there at two and three. Other teams that they're going to play down the road appear to be getting better and better. And all those tough outs, I mean, all those easy outs, rather, that we thought that the Canes were going to have this year when we looked at the schedule before the season, they're getting a little tougher. Louisville is playing good football. Florida State brought in Jim Levitt to help their defense. They've won two in a row. They're playing better. You look at Pittsburgh playing exceptionally stronger football than they were expected to play this year. That game at Pittsburgh in a few weeks is going to be a very difficult out for the Hurricanes. Um, You know, certainly at Duke in the last game of the year is not going to be an easy one at all. So what we're seeing here is that this Hurricane football team has its work cut out for it, maybe just to qualify for a bowl game. And um, that's not, I don't think, what too many of us expected here a few, a few weeks ago when the season began. So now the Canes nation is in a little bit of an uproar. And just five games into the Manny Diaz era, people are wondering if Miami's in big trouble here in many different ways. What if this is only the beginning of hard times for the Hurricanes? Now, There's some things that I like that I'll talk about during the show that I think could help stem that tide a little bit, namely 
the commitment to redshirting so many of the young freshmen. I, I, I like what it looks like they're doing there. Um, but, you know, we've been talking about recruiting. That's got to get better. If the season falls apart, will the commitment class fall apart? We don't know that yet. So in three days, Miami plays again in a night game at home against the Virginia team that is considerably better than Virginia Tech. Okay? I mean, to my eye, they're considerably better. So a victory certainly wouldn't cure everything that this rough start has brought upon us, but it would certainly go a long way towards calming some nerves. And uh, I don't think we want to think too much tonight about what a loss in that game might mean. So hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com. And I welcome you once again to Canesport Live, presented again this year by Sicilian Oven Restaurants, with six locations throughout the South Florida area. Whether the Canes win or lose, you can always go find a good meal at Sicilian Oven where you will not only love the taste, you will taste the love. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. As always, more than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for anybody who wants to call in and participate. You know the drill by now. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And I hope we have a lot of people to come on the show tonight and give us their voice. I want to hear from some first-time callers. I want to hear positive calls, neg- you know, negative calls I, I, I think we're obviously already going to have. But I want to hear a cross-section of opinions, and, and I want to hear what you guys think about this football team and where things are going here so far in the 2019 season. We once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show and we will address them as we go forward during the course of the show. All right, so the Canes are in trouble now, 0-2 in the ACC, which leaves them two games behind Virginia and essentially two games behind North Carolina in the Coastal. There are 14 teams in the ACC. Only Georgia Tech has a comparable conference record as Miami. Everybody else has a better mark. And Wake Forest is in the nation's top 20. How do you explain that? We're sitting here at the University of Miami watching a football team struggle mightily. Now, back-to-back seasons. And Wake Forest is in the top 20. And a big part of the reason they're there is they redshirt their freshmen. And that's why I think that it's a positive that Manny Diaz as a head coach has latched onto that a little bit, and they are they it looks like they are going to redshirt a bunch of these kids, particularly the linemen and um, the defensive tackles. I, th- I think it's a it's a it's a power move that he's making. But there's it's just no way to really sugarcoat all of it, and there's a lot of drama to digest tonight that is a byproduct of what has happened. The first issue starts with who's going to play quarterback on Friday night. Nikozi Perry finished the Tech game, had 422 yards passing in three quarters. And it was the best that the Dan Enos offense has looked this season. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Enos himself said that it looked to him like Perry went to another planet or something for a few series there in the middle of the game. But, uh, you know, that's Nikozi. And I I don't know if that's ever going to change. And 
you know, I watched the end of the game where he, he, he twice with the game on the line threw the ball into triple coverage. It looked to me like there might have been a receiver to open on the outside, um, but he forced the ball, didn't improvise, didn't try to, you know, make a play when there, nothing was there. He just threw it into three guys. And that's kind of what you get with Nikosi. When he, when he looks great, I mean, he looks great. But then you get the flip side of Nikosi, and he's yet to prove that he can sustain the great Nikosi for an entire game. And um, they're going to need that from him, assuming he goes on to start on Friday night. Now, Manny Diaz did not like what he saw last year with the quarterbacks when Mark Rick presided over what I've called a circus and was jerking Malik Rozier and Nikosi back and forth the whole year. And uh, I know Manny didn't like that. And I'm sure as a head coach now, he's thinking he doesn't want it to come to that. So after the game, he immediately stated that Jaron was a starter and that Jaron and that Jaron would be the starter. Now, yesterday, he repeated that in, in his weekly press conference. And then Dan Enos comes in and kind of suggests that it's a little bit more wide open. And then when we tried to clarify what the heck was really going on, um, you know, he got a little ornery at the end, and we went into Tuesday morning really not knowing for sure what was going on. And then, fortunately, we had a little bit of a media availability at practice today, and the media goes out there, and Jaron's not practicing. Jaron's off to the side working with the trainers. All right, so now Tate Martell is back working with the quarterbacks. Nicosi, in our eyes, we figure he's starting Friday night. All right, it's coming into crystal clear focus, okay? Um, Then, after practice, Miami puts out the following statement, and it says this. Jaron Williams took limited reps in practice today with an upper extremity injury. He's day-to-day. All right, so what does that mean now? Okay, so he wasn't practicing at the beginning. Now, he took limited reps. Well, what does limited mean? Like, did did he participate in full-speed passing reps? You know, did he just do some light work on the game plan and things like that? So there's still a little bit of mystery into this, and we don't know how much of this is diversion that they're trying to create to uh, hinder Virginia's preparation for the game. Um, But... If we had a guess right now, it looks like Nikosi Perry's starting Friday. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to make a bet on it just because of how many times Manny Diaz has said Jaron Williams is starting. But, you know, Manny has, you know, kind of deflected these type of things a little bit earlier in the year. And so I don't I, I don't know. Right now, it looks like Nikosi will be out there. And I know that's going to make a lot of people happy because of the way the good Nikosi looked on Saturday. But you got to remember, Nikosi started against Virginia last year, and this defensive coordinator gave him fits, and he threw two interceptions early, and Mark Rick pulled them. Uh, so this, this may not be a walk in the park on Friday night. 
So, and then, of course, there's the matter of the defense. So Manny's back working pretty much full-time with that side of the ball, trying to figure out and solve the riddle of why so many of his guys that have played for him for multiple seasons are not playing very well this season. But now what does that mean? Will Blake Baker still be making the calls on Friday night, or will Diaz? And what can Manny do that wasn't being done before? We had the chance to ask him that yesterday, and here's what he said. The way we played, though, the way that our guys fought, the way that they stuck together, the mental toughness that they showed, it's hard to be disappointed in those things. Um, when you unpack the game and you say, well, is, it, is there a possibility that your young quarterback can have a day where he turns the ball over a lot? That, that, that those things happen in the history of football. Um, obviously, everybody knows that we've got issues with place kicking. It came out. At, it came up at a very critical time, which is very disappointing. But that can happen. Um, what can happen is is the way that we play defensively. Um, we gave ourselves a chance to win the game. The way we, we responded um, on offense and and part of it on on defense. The way that we we held them to six three and outs in the middle part of the game. But but surrounding 42 points to Virginia Tech is is if that's not the Miami standard. Um, and that is the biggest takeaway from, from this game. And, and right now, biggest sense of urgency to get that corrected immediately as we face a very good Virginia team uh, Friday night. Um, I will change my role in terms of um, my influence on the defense at practice uh, and on a day-to-day basis um, because ultimately I'm responsible for how we play on defense. There is a, there is a culture that was created here back in 2016 um, that for some reason we just have not been able to recreate. Uh, it, is an, an, it is not a coaching issue. It's not a scheme issue. This has nothing to do with Blake Baker or any of, anyone on our defensive staff. This is simply just there, there is a lack of connection between the players on our defense side of the ball. We just don't look like we trust each other. Um, we don't play with the techniques that were coached uh, during the week, and ultimately they need, they need the utmost accountability, and that comes from the head coach, which comes from me. Um, that process began last night. Uh, we sat and we watched every snap of the game as an entire defense. Uh, we talked through all of our mistakes. We owned all of our mistakes uh, collectively as a group. And, um, and that, will, that, that will be the, the, what continues now going forward. We've got, we got, we got to get our defense playing like the Miami Hurricanes again because it didn't look like that on Saturday. With that, I'll open up for questions. Manny, what are you seeing that you feel is different that you can fix? And also, it looked like Virginia Tech schemed up some stuff from, with the tight end that maybe wasn't part of the game plan, and the adjustments didn't seem to, to work during the game. So talk a little bit about that as well. It's simply just guys doing their jobs. You, know, you talk about the scheming up the tight end. Someone's got the tight end man. Cover your freaking man. Don't try to do somebody else's job. It's simple. You know what I mean? It's, it's all, and it all goes back to accountability. You know, and, and guys not trying to do too much. It's not an issue of effort. I thought our effort was outstanding. Guys are flying around. Guys are trying. Okay? But, you know, we're, we're confusing activity with achievement. Right? I mean, if you've got, you got the tight end man, cover the tight end man. I mean, they're, 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 they're getting aligned. And this is, not just from, this is not from inexperienced players. These are from players that I've seen do it before. Um, and so, again, whatever reason that, that lack of accountability and disconnect, you know, a, a great defense has players that are accountable to each other that trust each other, that they know that if I do my job, you'll do your job, and, and we'll all prosper because of that. And for whatever reason, the, 
with the, the, the leadership vacuum from Jaquan and those guys, but, I mean, we're five games in now. It's time for that to be filled. If it's not being filled, it's got to be filled by me, and that's what's going on now. I'm jumping right in the middle of it, and I'm going to make sure that we're all accountable to just do what we're supposed to do. And then you talk about adjustments. It's not the, – the, the issue on Saturday is not a, a game of adjustments. Again, if you look at – if there were no adjustments being made, how do we come back from 28 points down, right? I mean, we, we three and out of them, I think, every, for like four straight drives in the second half. Right? Then what we do is we don't cover our guys in crucial situations down the stretch. So it, it's not – look, look, schematically, we've played Virginia Tech four years in a row now. They've run about the same plays all four years we've played them. We've run about the same defense all four years we've played them. Okay, the last two years combined, I think they scored 24 points in two games combined. They scored 42 in our stadium. Okay? If, it was a, if it was a scheme fix, you'd fix a scheme. But I, I said this when I first got here, right? It's not about what you do. That's the first thing everybody wants to look at. Things aren't going well. What are you doing? What are you calling? It's about how you do it. And somehow, we, my, my concern is with our how. Because our how has been pretty damn good around here. And I've got to get that how back. All right, so you got to love – I know some people are, are a little sore right now at Manny and um, are not happy with the way things are going, but you got to love what he says. I mean, you got to love his mindset. I don't, I don't think it's disingenuine or, or anything like that. I mean, I think what you're hearing there is, is, is really how he feels about things, and he's not deflecting. He's not blaming the players. He's not blaming his coaches. He's taking responsibility himself, which, which he should, and, uh, and he's trying to do something about it. And I'm not sure that we always saw that in the last few cycles, the way he's trying to, I think, do it as the head coach. And he may or may not be successful. I mean, he's got a very tough, tough, tough job here. And he may or may not ultimately be successful, but at least he's trying to make make moves and 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 put it a little bit more on his back and see if he can make a difference and get you know guys like Shaq and Pinkney and and um, Garvin and all these guys you know playing the way they once played for him and we'll see what happens Friday night so that sets the table for what I'm sure is going to be a show full of passion tonight so we're going to get to your calls now the number is five six three nine 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 three six three three that's five six three Nine 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 three six three three. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. And we begin the night in the eight four five, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Yeah, good, Gary. I don't know where to start. Okay. What's up, Greg? Hey, how you doing this week, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Um, doing good. Doing good. Manny Diaz claims his scheme is good. We're 4-12 in our last 16 games against Power 5 teams. So how is the scheme good? Very good point. you, you got to be kidding. They well, look confused on every play. The guy's pointing each other. They don't know what they're doing out there. Here's what I'll tell you, Greg. And you've probably heard me say this before because, you know, I'm always very honest about this stuff. When – when Manny was a defensive coordinator all these years, uh, that was the reputation he had in the football world, that his schemes were not sound, that, you know, they could be exploited. Uh, it, it was feast or famine, you know, a, a lot of attacking, a, you know, a lot of tackles for loss and flashy plays, but 
over the course of a, of a football game, there were going to be there's opportunities for the offense to to exploit it. And I felt like when the the first couple of years that Manny was here, that Miami was getting the best Manny Diaz that had ever existed. Um, he came in, he, he changed the culture of the defense and the, and the way it played. He, he created the turnover chain and brought excitement to the stadium. And, you know, I don't have to go on and on about it. I mean, everybody knows, you know, what, what he accomplished here. And it was to me that it was the best Manny Diaz had ever been as a coach. Now, you're pointing out very astutely that if you go to last year and now so far this year, there's been a lot of losing. And, and, and you know, I never bought into this whole everything's Mark Rick's fault. The minute Mark Rick is gone, everything's going to be great. I mean, that was a bunch of baloney, okay? And, and, and I felt that, and, you know, I said that consistently for the last nine, ten months. So, I'm not, you know, that was a bunch of nonsense. Um, so now he's the head coach, and, and – and he's got to take responsibility for everything, and they're struggling. I mean, the defense has has been very uneven. The first, you know, we're almost halfway through the season now, um, and the defense has not been the same. And I think he's doing a good thing in getting back involved. Not because there's anything terrible about Blake Baker, but there's something missing there. Like when you see Mike Pinkney making as many bad plays as he made the other night, and not covering. The, the tight end on the same exact play twice. I mean, I, I, to me, that's adjustments not being made, but I don't know if that's the coach's fault or the, or Mike Pinkney's fault. If the adjustment was made and then he made the same mistake again, but we didn't see that that often the way we're seeing it right now. And uh, we'll see if he can make an impact, but you make a very, very, very good point about, about all the losses that are piling up and he does have to take some of the blame for that. Okay. Out of all our coaches, how many would be hired by a legitimate top 25 team besides Enos? I don't think one. Not a one. This staff is woefully inadequate. It's pathetic. It's 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 very young. It 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 it, it does lack accomplishment both in recruiting and on the field. Uh, there's not a lot of major resumes there, no argument. However, you know, and I've said the same thing over and over, who is underperforming their resume? I'm not sure anybody is. And and, and the thing is, this is what you get when you hire a first-time head coach uh, who isn't coming from a great position of strength. Like, you know, Georgia can hire Kirby Smart. Okay, and, and he had a year transitionary period and all that. But but Kirby Smart was the defensive coordinator under Nick Saban for, I mean, I think close to a decade. Uh, and and they'd won a lot of national titles together. And and he he knew the blueprint of how to be a top shelf program, which he very quickly turned Georgia into using that blueprint. Now, I know all the scuttlebutt about, you know, the, the funny business and recruiting and all that. But it, trust me, it's way beyond that. Why, why does Lawrence Cager go from being a throwaway here, a guy that nobody wants? He's, he's the best receiver at Georgia right now. I don't know if you've been paying attention. He, he's, the, he's, yeah. like, he, he, he's having an unbelievable season for them, making plays all over the field. Now, 
like how does that happen? <laughs> like how do you explain that? I mean, he was so underappreciated that he was basically shown the door. You he know, didn't play so, like this last year. He was terrible. no, but my but, no, but here's my point. George is a better program now than Miami is, and and it's oh. it's more than just what they may or may not may not be doing in recruiting. Uh, they're doing a better job, top to bottom, than than this program is right now, and, that, and that's what's got to change. Whether it's under Manny Diaz or the next coach or whatever, that's what's got to change to get this thing moving in back in the right direction. Uh, can I let me answer? How is it? Possible? But, 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 Greg, just to finish your thought on the coaching thing, like, so when you hire a first-time head coach, he can't like that. Like Manny, you he can't he can't go fish where the, where the shark where the, where the sharks are hanging out. You know he can't go fish there. Uh, the you know the the dudes the the, the coaching dudes out there in college football are not going to come work here. For a first-time coach who doesn't have a resume, and because they think they're better than him, so that's not going to happen. So you know, Manny put together a staff. You know, some of it was guys he knew from um, coaching stops in the past, and then he, you know, they he got the money from Blake James to go lure Dan Enos, but Dan Enos wanted to bring a couple of his guys for better, you know, for better or for worse, and. He wouldn't have come here probably if he wasn't allowed to do that. So, you know, Manny Manny had to had to let him do that, and and now they have the staff. And you know, the one that you know, it's it's hard to talk about these guys critically because it's only been five games, and I mean they're all really good dudes. Like they're like if you sat down to talk to them, you really like them all. Um, you know, there's 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 not a prick in the building. I mean they're all really good dudes, and you pull for them. Because they are good dudes, um, but it's a it's it's a very inexper- inexperienced, unaccomplished coaching staff, and there's going to be growing pains that come with that, and and that was something that I don't think that Blake James took into consideration when he did all this, and you know if if Manny can't get this thing fixed, and it's going to be very very difficult because if they if they don't turn the tide here, the recruiting class is probably going to fall apart a little bit. I don't believe they have the infrastructure in place to even go find a Zion Nelson this year. You know, or like I just, you know, I just don't know that they have that infrastructure in place at this at this moment in time, the way they did a year ago with with the individuals that they had in the recruiting office that did a good job finding um, Clark and and Nelson. Even though they're struggling as true freshmen, they shouldn't even be on the field. Um, right now, but um, but at least they, they they look like they could be serviceable players for, for the next few years. Um, but it's going to get very very difficult if this thing doesn't turn. And you know I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't you know I, I, I don't I really don't I don't have I can't tell you that it's going to be great. I can't you know I don't want to be doomsday either. Um, it's going to be very very difficult. Okay. I'm watching the end of the game, and Virginia Tech's rushing three men, and they're getting to Nicosi Perry. How is that even conceivable? Three against five, they can't block them. That's not Bruce Smith playing for Virginia Tech out there. Well, last in the country in sacks allowed, 25 sacks in five games. That's unbelievably bad. 
it's it's mind-boggling. How do you explain that? A hundred and thirty of things sacks allowed, and we it's can't. By far, obviously, the it's, it's, it's the worst position group on the football team by far. And I, I don't know, like, how does it get better next year? I mean, if Jalen Rivers you sticks, have to bring in JUCOs, and they're late to the party there also. Well, you know, if, if Jalen Rivers, on. if Jalen Rivers sticks, you're going to try to see if he could start at left tackle as a true freshman. Yeah, it's probably. the same thing as this year. It's the same thing. Yes, of course. It's, yeah, yes, yeah, same thing. But that's what they would. I'm just, I'm just projecting ahead, saying how can this get better? So, you know, maybe you move Zion then to right tackle, and you move Scaife back to guard. Um, you know, and Gaynor will stay at center. Um, and, and Donaldson ain't going to the NFL because he's playing. No, he's Donaldson's he's forty pounds overweight. I mean, you see him struggling. He's forty. He's forty pounds overweight. Okay, tell me this: How does that happen? Okay, um, you know, how does that happen? Like, you know, we sit here. Oh my God! We're like, why? Why? Why is? Why are they losing? What? What's wrong? What? I mean, how does your best offensive lineman allow himself? And how, and how does the coaches, as well, allow him to get so big and overweight? Like he's just he just because of he just breaks down on, on individual plays during games. I think just because he just gets out quicked. So yeah, I mean, Greg, Greg, it all adds up to this. It's a, it's a it's a program that needs needs a lot. It needs a lot of things to change. And a lot of things to be done better, and you know this is this is this is a, a, a absolute whirlwind for a first-time head coach like Manny Diaz to have responsibility for. Like you know, he's I mean, he's always just run the defense. Now he's got responsibility for the entire program, and you know, you got recruits decommitting. You've got um, you know players going into the transfer portal. I mean, there's just so much going on all at one time, and it's a lot for a guy that's never done it before, you know? Yeah. We don't have a proven recruiter on the staff. We don't have nope. anyone that can it, – it's a joke. My last point, I'll let you go. I I see some of these guys on the board complaining about – they donate all this money to the university and they're not getting any results. Why don't they donate the money to the people in the Bahamas instead of giving it to a school with billions of dollars in endowments and they don't want to spend on the football team to put Miami on the map, the football team, put the university on the map. That's all I got to say. Thank you. All right, Greg. You know, I'm, my guess is people giving big money to the football program can probably do both. <laughs> they could probably donate to the Bahamas too if they want. Um, but I get your point. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out to the 973 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's up, Mr. Ross? How are we doing, Gary? We're doing. How you doing? What you got? Go ahead. Get right to the point here. All right. Listen, 
Manny is sounding like a broken record, okay? Like a broken record. You know, you just said he comes on, he says this, and he says that, and he he he, sound, he, he cares. He, nobody's questioning that he cares. Nobody's questioning that he's, not, he's disgusting with the defense. But it's bad, okay? It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And he, that's his responsibility from day one. So what he's telling me, Gary, and the fan base, and I'm going to go right back to it, that means he did not have a clue what was going on in that North Carolina game. Because if you're telling us now that you're going to stick your nose a little bit more into the details of what's going on, that means you didn't have your nose stick in that night. And that that right there, that means you you failed us as a fan base. You have failed us. Because you get on the stand and you talk a lot of jabby-jabby, and it sounds good, but you're getting no results. Mm-hmm. We have not beaten a Power 5 team in how long? So all that first-year coach stuff, um, Gary, there's been a lot of first-year coach. There's been a lot of first-year coach at Temple. There's been a lot of first-year coach at UCF. There's been a lot of first-year coaches at FIU. There's been a lot of first coaches all over the place at Buffalo. Those guys are getting the job done. For the hey, most Duke, part, is, Duke is playing with freshman offensive linemen this year? Well, we just played against two freshman offensive linemen at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear this nonsense. And Gary, and Gary made a um, – Greg made a point when he said um, they was rushing three guys and they weren't properly blocked. It seemed like we were behind the eight ball in almost every phase of our game. Now, you're saying that the offensive line is the worst part, of, worst unit on the, on the field? I beg it different. Right now, the linebackers are running a close second, if not tied, for the nonsense that's going on also. These guys are not first-rounders. Not by, they need to stop being – Whoever said they were first-rounders? Wait a minute, slow down. Are you kidding me? Karen, come on. We're maybe Nobody like ever even – who suggested they were first-rounders? Oh, okay. They're, they're oh, middle-round draft picks. But now, yeah, they're starting to prove that way. But it's been a lot – it was a lot well, of – Well, they might be playing them. themselves down to the bottom of the draft the way they're playing. Yeah, but, I mean, we know that now. We know that now. But what I'm saying, I'm just disagreeing with all that type of talk before because I didn't see that. We never saw 55 – was able to cover anybody from day one. He wasn't covering anybody as freshman, Gary. Let's be real. He was never covering anybody as freshman. And he has not been in proper shape or looked good since his freshman year. You're saying how does Donaldson gain that, um, keep that weight on? Who knows? The coaches are responsible for that. Well, I mean, that, here's the thing. Shape. They see him every day. But I mean, he's, in, he's there. He's there every day. If if a guy's gaining weight and then getting out of shape, or you know, although from what I understand, he does pretty well in the conditioning drills and stuff. So even though he's, even though he's 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 big, he he might not be in horrendous condition Gary, we also technically, but guys, but he looks slow to me. A lot of, we also heard a lot of these guys run twenty. Uh, what is it? Twenty-two miles an hour, whatever the nonsense. And, that, and uh-huh. again, we're begging different on that because that's not the case. Let me hurry up and get to the quarterback situation before you cut, go ahead and tell me I got to get off. Okay. Now, you're saying last year um, he doesn't want to repeat the same performance as far as, you know, being yanking the quarterback here and there. First and foremost, you, you, he was yanking the quarterback back and forth and actually keeping a bad quarterback in. 
So it's not the same situation. None of these guys are as bad as Rozier. Forget about the 10-0 and record. None of these quarterbacks is as bad as Rozier. So that Yankee stuff shouldn't have been going on in the first place. Perry should have been playing anyway. Now, no. he gets on I'm the still, I'm, okay. I'll still come back and point out, and I'm going to annoy people, I know, but look at the record, <laughs> okay, when Malik Rozier was playing and what it's been since he got benched. Yeah, okay? we, we was living. Going back hey, to know, last year and now the hey, start you know of this what? year. And this, is why, and this is why we are feeling the pain today because we was living on fool's gold, borrowed time. You know what borrowed time uh, is? Would you we take the fool's gold time. of 2017 right now, Russ? I know no, I would. Listen, we – but we was, but I know I was complaining that year about certain things wasn't looking good, and I'm, I'm and I'm going to help. I'm going to make. I'm going in, to back in 2017, up Malik Rozier was making the play at the end of the game. Yes, but put it like this. Put in like in 2019, in 2019, the cozy Perry was throwing it into triple coverage. Malik Rozier was winning the game. He did it at Florida State. He did it against Georgia Tech. He was he was winning the game. A lot, a lot went on in that game, in those games that should never been in his first place. He, he was winning close games because he was putting us in close Ross, games. A, a, Ross, a lot goes on in every game. That's football. Exactly. So let's just move on from that because nobody's ever going to agree with you on that. But I know they're not. Right and I, the and just, okay. just look at the record. Just look at the record yeah, since yeah. that happened. Okay. Look yeah, at what's so happened to this program since we didn't appreciate the kid that might not be the greatest kid in the world, but the kid that made the play at the end of the game. Look at what's so happened to no, this program. Wait a minute. Look at what's happened, Ross, to this program since we stopped appreciating that. So you give no credit to the defense that year? None? Of course the defense played well. So why, so why were you even having that conversation? You got because a lot it, of help. Because – because Gary, we're losing. We're losing every okay. game, Ross. Yeah, we're losing. So if we play anybody that can walk and chew gum, we're losing. But you're the one that's bringing up and trying to back him up. Because if you remember those interviews after the game, he said he gives a lot of credit to the defense because they could have been down on him. But they kept playing for him. They kept playing for him and said, listen, we're going to bring you back in this game. All you're going to ask you for you to do is to win it for us. And a lot of the time he ran the ball and ends up winning. Whatever. All I'm saying, let's not compare the quarterbacks. It's not even the same platosphere. It was a lot of lucky plays that year. Let's get back to Perry. They weren't all lucky, off. Ross. They weren't all lucky. Oh, God. Think, was, think okay. back to the Notre Dame game, the biggest, the, the biggest moment for Miami football in years. Years. Think back to the offense that Mark Rick dialed up to just in that game with Malik Rozier running as a, as a runner. Fool's gold, like I said. I'm not changing my mind on that. It's not fool's gold, Ross. It was called it winning. It wasn't pretty at all. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> it was called Defense 10 and 0 in 2017. Okay. 10 and 0. Yeah, you're going to back. You could ride. Listen, you could ride that all you want to get. Gary, this is the reason why we're in this position we're in now. It was four. It was four guy. and one in 2018. And okay. then the and then the, the Ringling Brothers Circus came to town. Okay, so you're saying, and this, and, the, and the person that created the Ringling Brothers Circus is the, is is the daddy and the son. So you're saying, so you're still going back and you're still saying that Rosier is better than Perry. That's what you're saying. No, I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying that we didn't appreciate that he was the guy that was making the plays at the end of the Gary, game is what I'm saying. Gary and okay, let's, let's move like, on. Let's, let's move back to your subject. Yeah, you started it. Yes. Yeah, so let's oh, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's get back on point. I know. Let's okay, get back on point. Gets, Go ahead. Yeah. He gets on the stands and he's saying that um, his starting quarterback is going to be Williams. Wow. We are all watching the game. You're on the field, but we're watching the game. The people that's home and we're watching Williams on the sideline trying to warm up his arm and flexing his muscles 
his arm muscles in pain, going back to the locker room in pain. And this is a guy that after the game, who's supposed to have guys to come up to him and say, listen, Williams is not feeling well. He wasn't feeling well. He's not doing well. If you're getting that type of information, why then would you go on the, up on the podium and say what he said? That's nonsense. You're, you're not fooling us anymore. Stop. Stop pulling blinders over our eyes. And who's, why are you worrying about what happened last year? Because the daddy and son was not coaching this kid very properly anyway, and it's being proven this year because both these quarterbacks look good. Just one of them just didn't know what he was doing to start the game. Again, Gary, let's think about this for a second. We've had two bye weeks. We've had two bye weeks. And on both of the bye weeks, we come out looking confused, and, and, and nothing looks right. We don't, and like I always say, we don't look like a unit. What is going on? That's, that, you, it can't all be about first-year coaching there, Gary. It can't all be about that. It can. I I don't have let's, an explanation. I'm as flabbergasted as you. Trust me, I don't yeah, have an yeah, explanation. Let's stop, hide, let's stop hiding behind that curtain and saying it's, it's first year, it's first year. It's a lot that's just not being done. These guys are not coaching these kids up. Enos did not have this kid prepared, okay? Because they were sitting on those short routes. They jumped it. They did you see what the defensive coordinator said after the game? For Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. did you see? Did you see? Did, did you hear his, yeah, his interview? I did. I did. I saw it. So is that so, so is that not an indictment of the on an offensive coordinator? I mean, there have been quarterbacks who have weaker arms <laughs> than Jaron Williams who have been winning quarterbacks, and Steve Walsh comes yeah, to mind as one. They like, come knew on. the play that was coming. Don't I understand. They, I I understand, Ross. Said, All right. All right what else? Come on. We're getting we're we're getting a little boring here. What what else? Well, stop that point. You just don't want to agree with the point. No, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I just I don't have an answer for you. I, I can't explain it. So what else you got? All right. Now, Gary, um, um, Greg made a point in saying that the offensive coaches, there's not one off, no one coach on our, our staff that would get a D1 coaching job, and that's that I disagree. Mike Rump would get a D1 coaching, coaching job, okay? He'll get a decent. For one, he's well known in the community. He's a he's he's big part of the seven oh seven um football and he could coach his behind all. So Greg, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. So Mike Rump will be able to get one. Everybody else I don't know because I don't know those guys. I don't I don't trust them. I don't know what's going on. I don't I don't trust them. So again, let's just end it this way. If we lose Friday, Gary, I'm gonna make a prediction, I'm gonna get off. If we lose Friday, I'm predicting this right now from me, we will not win another ACC game except for maybe Georgia Tech. You heard it from me. If we lose Friday, we will not win another ACC game this year. And you feel that way because why? Because that will let me know in three ACC games, we have not beaten any of them. So how do I expect to now go face Florida State defensive linemen that look like pieces? Regardless of what's going over there at Florida State, I hate their guts, but they look like world beaters on the defensive line. And we already know what's going on with our offensive line, so we're not going to be able to run the ball. We'll be able to pass it to stay in the game a little bit, but I don't see us winning that one. When it comes to Pittsburgh, we're going on the road. It might not be snow but it would be some type of a miss. Is that, is that a day game or a night game? Do you know now? Do you know? I uh, don't game? know yet. We don't know yet. Okay. If that's a night game, we're in trouble. 
because it's going to be it's going to be windy and it's going to be a miss. So we won't win that game. I'm gonna say if we don't win, it better Saturday, not be snowing up there in October. I'm gonna be annoyed. I got a nice golf course I like to go play up there. It better That's not be fine. snowing. Louisville looked like they'll beat us, and you know Duke is going to beat us at home, Gary. Tell me I'm wrong about what I'm saying. If we lose Friday, I want to win. But if we lose Friday, right. we will not win another ACC game except for Georgia Tech. You heard it from me. All right, I, Ross. I can't wait for Mr. Everything to come on. I can't wait because he, <laughs> he's starting to look like a prophet. He's starting to look like a prophet. He's starting to look like a prophet. Yeah. All right, Keep Ross. Hey, hold. thanks as always for being part of the show. We'll talk to you next week. We'll see what happens Friday. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Going to take a moment here, guys, to talk about one of my favorite, favorite restaurants in all of South Florida, a place that I visit every chance I get. Went there today, actually. Had a little lunch, and that is Sicilian Oven. And um, I don't have to tell you about all the different places where you can get Italian food, pizza, chicken wings, you know, whatever you like to eat, um, all kinds of places all over town. But there's no place quite like Sicilian Oven, which has six locations throughout South Florida. I was at that plantation location this afternoon, picking myself up some lunch and uh, had one of their pizza lunch specials and brought some food home for the wife. And that went over big, let me tell you. Um, you want to you make your wife happy? Go to Sicilian Oven and bring her home some really, really special Italian food. And um, at Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining with a philosophy based on the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu. And uh, they're recipes that have been handed down from generations through the DeSalvo and Garavuso families. It begins with those classic pizzas I was just talking about with traditional toppings. And then they have an array of gourmet and select pizza combinations that are just absolutely far removed from anything you're going to find around the corner at some of those chain restaurants that uh, I won't mention because they don't belong in the same conversation as Sicilian Oven. You love wings? Sicilian Oven's wood-fired wings are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices and served with caramelized onions. They offer a wide array of specialty dishes from eggplant carbonara and parmigiana to mussels mario and fire-roasted shrimp palermo. Tried that for the first time last week, and man, nothing like that fire-roasted shrimp. It was really good. They have soups, sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you will find something great at Sicilian Oven with six locations throughout South Florida. On your way or leaving Hard Rock Stadium this Friday, go to that plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive, a 15-minute shot right to the stadium, or the Aventura location, which is about 15 minutes east of the stadium, at 205th and Biscayne. Need a place to eat great food and watch a road game? The other Sicilian oven locations are in Lighthouse Point, Coral Springs on Sample Road and 101st, and in Boca Raton. And the new location over on Oakland Park Boulevard, actually it's not so new anymore, it's, it's been there for a little over a year, it's just west of Bayview on Oakland Park Boulevard, has a full liquor bar. And I can think of one guy on the Kane Sport message boards that would love that. Yes, honey, I'm talking about you, my man. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian Oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level 
in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You will not only love the taste, but you will taste the love in every single bite. All right, let's get back to your calls. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go to the 941. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, Gary. It's Meister Kane, and you were just talking about Sicilian Oven. I was there after the game. Again? Wow. Yeah. That's three times in the last month. I'm Good for you, man. You, I'm hooked. I am hooked. I'm telling you, I am hooked. I got the wings outstanding. Dude, just outstanding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm so, preaching. Yeah. I, I preach every show. I, I preach and preach and preach. Well, I'm preaching for you, too. Get out there. Get out there to Sicilian oven, man. You, you, you can't. I'm telling you, you can't go wrong. It's, 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 it's great. It's, it's totally great. Except we're going to have a problem. Since the Virginia game is at eight o'clock, by the time it's over and we get there, they'll be close. No, you got to go. You got to go pregame, man. You got to go like four o'clock in the afternoon, pick up some food, take it to the stadium, have a little tailgate. That's that's the move. Yeah, I wish I could do that, but my girlfriend don't get out until about three or four, <laughs> and we're in Port Charlotte too, so we got to drive across the alley. Oh yeah, you want to? You you may have to skip it this week. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I told the staff. They were like, oh, well, Georgia Tech, yeah, come on out. You know, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> All right. All right, anyway, what you got, uh, Mike? Just talk to us. What do you think? Okay. What's on your mind? Okay. Here, here's what I think, all right? First of all, I'm not surprised that this has happened, okay? And I'm not surprised because I think this problem is bigger than we all realize, all right? Think about it. Over the last 10 years, we've had five coaching changes, okay? And every time – a coach is fired or he retires, the staff goes with it, all right? And then you got to start from square one. And what I think that does is it creates an unstable environment, don't you think? Don't you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some truth to what you're saying. Right. There's also a lack of discipline. I mean, dumb penalties, unsportsmanlike conducts, that costs the game as well. But here's the other thing too, okay? Yeah, Mike They're Harley. He Mike Harley's a really good kid. I, I I was stunned that he was the guy that 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 made that dumb 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 mistake. Well, did you did you see an earlier in the game? Now I was there, but earlier in the game, there was a Virginia Tech player taunting the band over on on that side, on that uh, over by the student section. He was taunting the student section and the band. And he didn't get flagged for it. Well, that's not – that's off the field. He's not going to get a flag for that. Right. Right. You know, he gets away with it. But Mike Harley, he goes over there and he does – I don't know what he did. You know, I, I I was so excited that they scored. I didn't wasn't paying attention to that. But, you know. And uh, anyway, I, I got an unusual question to ask you, okay? Um, Uh-oh. It's about my, it's about my girlfriend. I want to propose to her at a football game at Hard Rock. Do you know any any way I can do that? I was told yeah. to call the university. You got to call the marketing department and the uh, the athletic marketing department. That's what I I tried doing that. I've tried that several times. I can't get a hold of them. 
Wait, I'll, I'll, I'll look up who to – I'll tell you who to call. Wait, keep talking, and I'll, I'll tell you in a minute who to call and arrange that. Okay, okay, yeah, because I've tried, and like I said, what what happens is the phone rings three times, and then I get a beep. Well, who are you, call, who are you calling? I guess her name is uh, Danielle White is what they told me to get in touch with. Have you tried to – Email, email email her. Okay, she's the associate yeah, director yeah. of marketing. Um, yeah, one here. Her, you got a pen? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right her direct right her direct line is three zero five two eight four three three eight two. Yeah, yeah, that's the number I tried. Okay, yeah. So so call her and also uh, write down her email address. DNW. Got you got DNW thirty yeah, eight at Miami dot edu. Yeah, that's the one. I emailed. Okay. All right, email. and 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 if she doesn't respond to you, then um then call um call uh, a guy named Conrad Bradburn. Okay. He's in charge. On. He's 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 in charge of marketing and event experience. Okay. Okay. Conrad. Come on, you got to write this down fast because everybody doesn't care about this. Conrad Bradburn, three zero five two eight four two six seven eight. And it's C C two eight four two six seven eight, and his email is C Bradburn B R A D B U R N at Miami dot edu. All right, now let's get okay. back to business here. What what else you got for us? Okay, all right. So like I said, Miami is caught in a perfect storm. Okay, you got a new coaching staff. Or half the coaching staff is new. Okay, Manny Diaz is a new head coach. Okay, he has no experience. All right. And half the staff is new, all right, who, who, who is – this is their first season, and you're going to have these growing pains. So that's why I say I'm not surprised at all that this is happening. And I hate to say it, but it might get worse before it gets better. Now, on the recruiting front, are they looking to, uh, like, hire somebody that can really recruit uh, – or is that going to stay the same? Do you think in your in your? I don't know, Mike. I don't know, Mikester. I, I don't know how Manny feels about recruiting, um, how they feel it's going. I mean, you know, right now when you look at it, uh, they've got the number nine recruiting class in the rankings. But there's there's several teams that are going to pass them here as as it moves forward, and I think they're going to end up somewhere in the in the 15 range when it's all said and done. Uh, I don't see a lot of elite. In, in the recruiting class, I, I see a lot of co- a continuation of what we have right now, which is good players. Um, you know, I don't know how Manny looks at it. You know, I don't know if, if he would agree with that or think I'm out of my mind. You know, I, I, I have no idea. Um, so I can't really tell you what he thinks and what, what he's going to do. But help, you think he'll redshirt some of these players that come on, that come on the team next year? Well, I don't know. Right now they got to get right now they got to get through this year and I think they are redshirting a lot of these guys that are freshmen, which is good. You know, there's kids like, you know, like like you you know, you look you look at the recruiting class. I'm going to pull it up in front of me this year. Uh, you know, guys like um Jared Hunte and Jason Blissett, the you know, two big yep. defensive tackles from New York, looks like they're going to redshirt. Uh Peyton Matocha, the quarterback, uh El Gamo, Adam El Gamo, um, a big offensive lineman looks like he's going to red shirt. Um, 
Let me see. Uh, Jalar Holly, a defensive tackle I know they like a lot. Looks like they're going to redshirt him. It looks like they're redshirting yeah. Jafari Harvey. I'm pretty sure he has not played in more than four. I'd have to double-check that. Um, what about Jeremiah Payton? Jer- I was going to just – that's who I was going to say. I was going to say Jer- they're red- looks like they're going to redshirt Jeremiah Payton. Uh, they're going to redshirt okay. Cam Williams, the defensive end. Uh, so they're okay. redshirting a lot of these kids, and I, it's, that's, that's the best thing I've seen in, in years. Because yeah, because now at least at least we're building something, you know we're, right. we're you know we're built we're building something which you know which which to me is very important because exactly. these kids weren't going to play very much, they were okay. going to play very little. Yeah. So right right okay so uh, Con- what was that guy's uh, Conrad Blackburn? Um, yeah, it. that's who okay. I told you. Yep. All right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it, Gary. Right, hey, Mike, thanks, Good luck with that. Right. Um, uh, make make sure that you tell us all when you're going to be doing that because we, we'll 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 be looking for you out there. Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna. I'm hoping. When are you looking try... to do this? When are you going to get engaged? Well, I was hoping to go down into the end zone. Okay. No, like but when this this season? Yeah. This during the season? Yeah. Yeah, during the season. Like okay. I, I was I was going to do it like Friday. You know. I don't know. You already got, know you got you got the ring you got the ring and everything ready to go. Yes, yes, yes. I got it. It's on the turnover chain, dude. <laughs> you got the ring yeah. on a turnover chain? Oh my god! Yeah. And 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 you're sure? Oh, that's that'll be all. You got to tell them this. If you if if you don't hear from them back from them, you let me know. I'll try to see if I can pay this. This will be awesome. And listen, you're a hundred percent sure she's going to say yes, right? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! She's right. brutal. I mean, she's emotional and everything, but <laughs> all right. I know you guys. But but she's gonna about. say she's gonna say yes. You're not gonna parade out there with a with a with a nice ring on a turnover chain, and she's not gonna run in the other direction, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. All right. No, so no, listen, no. call those, call them, call them tomorrow. Don't don't accept anything less than them taking your call. All right. And I hope you can pull it off for Friday night. If not, there'll be another home game. Uh, right, right. When should I call them? Like, like what time in the morning? I'd start at you 9 a.m. and I wouldn't stop until they take your call. Okay, you got it. That's what I'll do. Yeah. All right. All right, well, man. Guys. Good luck with it. All right. Thanks, Jerry. All right, Mike. Sir. Thanks for yeah. being part can, of the show. All right, man. Wow. Man, I hope he's right. If he's going to do that, and it sounds great, and I think we'll all – Love watching it now that we feel like we have this relationship with Mikester Kane because he calls in every week and and all that and he's he got he hangs out at Sicilian Oven sounds like a really cool dude but man she's got to say yes I mean there's, we we can't have somebody out on the field with a, with a, a ring on a turnover chain and have her not say yes so it sounds like he's pretty confident all right five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three hit the one on your keypad. If you'd like to come on the show, let's go out to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Gary. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is 240 Who's... from the message, boy. What's going on? What is going on, 240? What you got for us? How you feeling? Man, I've been having a lot of – man, I, I, you know what? I'm going to say this first. I got to find something else to love. More than the Miami Hurricane. I'm hearing that a lot, man. It pains man, me. I, it pains me. You, I mean, I'm, I'm I was talking to a guy today. He's been a season ticket holder since the 19 early 1980s, 1982. Right. I think. Right. And he told me he's not going back. 
Like he left in the second quarter the other day, and he told me he's not going back. And he says it'll be years before they see me at that stadium again. Man, it's, I mean, it's, it's starting to get a little painful. Well, that's painful it's, to I'm hear, though, you. you know? That, it, that's it, hard it, to it's listen. Just, it's getting to the point, I'm telling you, Gary, and then, you know, then I go up with question and my statement. But, man, I'm in church thinking about how did we lose this game. Uh-huh. You're in church thinking about how you lost. It's, it's something that we got to find something else to love other than the Miami Hurricanes. That we might be the right place, fans. man. If you, think, if, if you think about it, that might be the right I'm place to be trying to figure it I'm out. <laughs> but I was thinking about something that you had said in the spring. Warren's not going against Warren's. And our strong suit was supposed to be in our defense yep. and special teams. And this I think is back the issue to, I think back to right that, now. too, just to be honest with you. I think back to that day a lot. Those spring scrimmages, I'm you, I'm, the last yes. two spring scrimmages. Yes, I where I walked that, out, where I walked, I walked out of those scrimmages feeling like they are not getting this team ready to play the season. They're not ready. They, they're not ready. They, they are. They are not getting better in these practices that we're watching, and I really, they, I felt that way. They are not ready. Our, our, our receivers got to do something different. If they was playing in the SEC. They have to understand that they're going to be challenged. They would be challenged more. Every time I see our receivers challenged, they lose the challenge. They have to come up with the football. That first interception, they got to learn to catch the ball with their hands. That first interception that was thrown, uh, um, the receiver got to catch the ball with his hands and not with his chest. But my big thing with this this whole entire thing with the Miami Hurricanes right now is that, okay, I understand they, they got four or five turnovers. But do they have to score a touchdown? They they shouldn't have to score. And we thought that this would be a defense that can score, that we could score 20, 25 points and win the football game. What we're learning about this defense is that, man, they're not holding their end of the bargain. And and it's starting to get a little bit more painful. Bandy, I'm very upset with this young man. I'm very upset because he's not playing uh, uh, um, uh, um, sound football at that cornerback position. You know, it's just like, you know, when he got the pick in the uh, Notre Dame game. Here's what I think on Bandy. Here's what I think Mm -hmm. on Bandy. Bandy is not an outside corner, never was. Okay. He's he's playing out there because he's all we have. All right. Let's be honest. And uh, he's the best, he's the best option to be out there on the team. Um, But he, he should be a nickel corner playing in the slot and would be extremely effective in that kind of role. That's the way I look at yes. it. Yes. Yes. We got Virginia Friday. Hall is the mm-hmm. best cornerback in college football right now. Mm-hmm. He's going to lock that side down. And I'm pretty sure the way the way these guys are going to play in Miami within this three, it is very confusing, their defense. It's very confusing. You don't know what's coming your way. I don't think we're going to win this game. Um, but I think it's going to be one of these games that Perry is going to have to take off a little bit. That defense is confusing. And the other cornerback mm-hmm. on the other side, he's being cultivated by Hall to be a dog as well. But Hall, man, he's going to change something. If we can't get that ball, you know, if we can't get the ball to the receiver, I understand we got tight ends. But it's just like the game that we played. When the tight end caught the ball, number nine, when he caught the ball down, you know, when they threw him the ball, that should have been a receiver. And we have to learn how to get these receivers the ball. I think I think that was our best tight end number nine that caught that bum uh, when um, old boy came in the game. But what I'm saying is that we have to get our receivers 
the ball more. I understand, you know, we have a great tight end that can do great things, but we got to get these receivers the ball. And this game coming up, we if we don't get the receivers the ball, we're in big trouble. I'm telling you now because that defense is good. I saw the Notre Dame game, and I saw how they lost it. That game didn't play out the way people think. They were in that game. That's a good football team, and I don't think they were going to win. You can take it, Gary. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show, and uh, give us a call next week. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, the board's a little light tonight. People are upset. So tonight would be a good night for somebody who has been a little shy, who hasn't come on, um, to maybe hit that number one on your keypad, get in the queue, and um, see what you have to say when you do get on. Let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you? Hey, what's up, everything? How you doing, man? I would have thought you would have been first. Uh <laughs> yeah, me me too, but things happen. Um Gary, I was just hoping, man, could you just just like highlight what you think going forward needs to be done? I just want to hear it from your mouth. What needs to oh be my done God. going forward for this coach? No. I I'd I'd be talking for a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean uh, I, I, yeah, let me let me pass on that right now. I'd rather let you talk. All right, and, I, and the reason why I bring that is uh, I'm trying to find solutions. I'm not trying to go ahead and and uh, be negative. And I think I, I've always tried to tell you guys what I've seen for the last couple of years, and I've been very vocal on your show and and, and participating and trying to share what I know. And it's it's not a good feeling to be right on so many of these things that I brought to your attention, especially after the, the spring show uh, when I was attacked by so many here with the schedule. And I tried to tell you guys so many things. But the main thing that I tried to say is the amount of kids that we lost and how they function within that defensive scheme and how the top end impacts the back end more than anything else, in particular this type of scheme, which is not a read and react scheme. And if you can recall that, man, I was just lambasted. And, and I, 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 I share the things that I see. I'm not a football coach. I'm not a, but, but, I, but I've been a college coach. I've been a, an athletic director. I've been a, all these things in this profession. And you know that it's about managing people. With the people that we have in the front office of this institution, Gary, what do you feel is your biggest weakness right now with regards to where we're at and why we're at where we're at? Well, it, it's just it's not it's just the, the 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 standards are not where I would certainly be putting them, you know, and you know, and I don't want to sit here and, and and you know, Manny Diaz has had five games. Let me let me let me I'll answer part of your question when you ask me what I think needs to be done. I think the first thing they got to figure out in the next. 22 months is is Manny Diaz up for this like can he get this done Uh, because let me tell you something every year that goes by if if this season goes the way it's looking like it might and things fall apart and this team wins six games or something like that and right now they've only got two um, if, 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 if this goes bad 
and the recruiting class starts to unravel and things like that, like you can't have this happen another cycle and another cycle and expect this program to be competitive. I mean, within, I mean, you're looking at another five-year rebuild at that point. I mean, you know, you're starting from scratch and, you know, so I think, you know, I think that in the next, you know, 22 months or so, they got to figure out, can Manny do this? You know, can, can, can Manny take this program where people want to see it be? And I think that you can't make a blanket statement on that element of it because everybody might have different opinions. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that think the University of Miami is not serious anymore about contending for national titles. That, you know, that that's just not the priority of the administration. And, you know, they've made people feel that way with their actions, and that's their fault. And, you know, it's not the people who feel that way's fault. I mean, it's their fault. Now, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. In fact, I don't agree with that. I, I think that Miami would like to c- compete for championships. I, I think that there's a lack of understanding of what that means at the upper at the upper levels of the athletic department and the university. Well, and, and with that, Gary, my whole point to you the past couple of years has been doing things on the cheap. And I told you, this was a cheap hire. Oh, but yeah, but I don't think you, I don't think the hire was made because it was cheap. I well, think I but, think Blake I think Blake James has a has a conviction on Manny that he feels Manny's his guy, and and you know now it's up to Manny to deliver, and you know so yeah it's just, got it's just, it's gotten off to a rough start. It doesn't mean it has to have a just, rough ending. You know, it, 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 time will tell. But you just mentioned something earlier that who is going to want to come work for a guy. Who hasn't proven anything, and when when it's that kind of hire, you don't get the quality people that you have to bid for to get. And Enos, he thought that that person was playing that role for this situation, but he's not that guy. And we knew that going in, and we talked about that. So you can so still when you hire a guy like Manny, especially in the frenetic state of two and a half hours or whatever it was, that's when you know you don't have the right leadership. And to bring in personal things and take in a personal issue, whether we like it or not, one of the hottest young coaches out there that people want to work for, okay, that love it. The reason why I love it left Eugene was because he wanted to be closer to his family, which is primarily here in Florida. He had he had no reason to leave. He just he just wanted to be closer to home with his family. He had no problem staying, but it just didn't work out for the guy, especially his wife, from what I've heard hearing. But that's mm-hmm. an example of getting the right guy. And the biggest impact he would have had is being that machismo, South Florida, real motherfucking king. I run this shit type of attitude that you need to get back to the prominence of this program. Not guaranteeing you're going to win championships, but you'll be in the mix because you can't do it the collegiate way. We are not a collegiate town. We are a professional town, and you've got to be a professional guy for this gig to make it work. You've got to be a professional guy 
that has that swag that just you see it coming a mile away, that's a badass right there. And, and, and we know why, because at Satellite Beach High School, what happened that day with, with Mario and the, the, the guy that had worked for South Carolina, wherever it was, Auburn, and all that shit happened, and the next thing you know, you know, he, he, he brings in Golden, rings Golden's ass out, Golden rings him out, and he's fucking out the door. Oh, you're walking out on us. Because he had no right to get involved in the dynamics of what was going on. This is his fault. Okay, for many years back, this is his fault. He is not who we pretend to be. He's not a major AD. He's on the cheap. And that's why he's he, that's why he's here. And, that, and that's the pattern here. I don't know that that's fair. I don't know if that's fair. I I, I really don't. I don't. I, I think you're, you're 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 equating some of these things to money, and I'm not sure money was like I well, I don't think Blake James was made an athletic director because he's cheap. You know, I don't think that had anything. He was an assistant AD here, making forty five thousand dollars a year. He goes to Maine, he's making eighty nine. He got up to one hundred twenty thousand. I know the co- the former basketball coach at Maine because we recruited the same kid many moons ago. Known him for thirty some odd years that he fired as well. So I'm letting you know that is a factor. Money's always a factor. Doing things on the cheap is always a factor. It's been traditionally that way, and it hasn't changed. And it's lip service. Now going forward, trying to find the positive. This defense is dictated by some defensive tackle that creates fucking habit that lives in the backfield. We ha- I told you, we have none. Now, no. I did see some nice things out of Nesta, but he's not that either. He's too small. He's quick, mm-hmm. but he's small. He's got short arms. He's not Donaldson, the guy who plays for the Rams. He's not that kind of player because he's not that powerful. That's just not him. He's a good kid. He's going to get better. But we don't have difference makers. When you don't have difference makers on the front end line, as much as people don't understand the impact Willis had, he made everybody better on that line. And now I'm worried about what? If I'm a guard, I'm worried about helping. If it's a pull situation, I got to find this guy because he's going to come right through. We don't have that guy. So the reason why Blake has had to play soft and mix in zone is you're lacking that. This guy's not an idiot. He just, for some reason, doesn't trust his personnel. And the other day, when he went man and he blitzed up the middle, the A-gap, which he finally did, Al Blaze got burned twice. The problem was the, the ball was overthrown by 20 yards. There's no personnel for boundary corners. We don't have one. It's not fair for Bandy to have to be in the spot he's in, but that's all we got. So what going forward, what do you have to do? There's that 178-pound kid from Shamanet that needs to play more. We can't worry about his record. That kid can stick with you. That kid's aggressive. He's great with angles. And I don't want to hear anybody else say that we don't have no D1 coaches on this fucking staff because Mike Rump should be in the goddamn league. But he's close to his family, and that's why he doesn't do it. That guy's one hell of a teacher. I don't like him as a recruiter. never have. I think he's evolved and gotten better. But we got a quality teacher there, okay? So it's time to go ahead and make some gambles, and you've got to make some choices that might sting your But right now, you're just dying slow death. Even in games where we have had the lead going into the fourth quarter and we've had the breakdowns, fourth and 17. Okay, Blake Baker fucked up there. All he had to do was get two timeouts. Call a timeout to see what look they're in. Once you see what look they're in, what do you do? Now you go ahead and 
you go over your assignments, you emphasize the basics, the six, all those things. We didn't even take a time out there. And sometimes as the head coach, which Manny has now learned, and I told you this two weeks ago, this is not our defense in certain certain instances and situations. Now he's involved. So when you read the writing, Baker, Baker's on his way out of here. He won't be here come the end. He's just not. Because this guy, Manny Diaz, is smart enough to know that he's got to go ahead and surround himself with guys who can perform. And, and Baker's not one of those guys. Offensively, from day one, I told you, I charted. Remember when I charted? And he was, what, 6 of 31 from seven-step drops? Remember that? Remember when we mm-hmm. talked about all those things? And we said it's time to go to spread, time to go to spread. All the things come happen off of a spread. You can still have one tight end out there on the damn safety, which Brevin Jordan or Mallory can get open on safeties. They can't. You've got to open up the goddamn box. It's not calculus. And if he can't do it, and I, I sent you a direct message to tell you he was the guy that I was hoping would be gone. I would have fired him and said, listen, we're done. Either you're going to do it this way, the rest of the way, and play to our strengths, what little strengths we do have, which is space and speed, or we're not doing it. And if you've got a problem with it, then, then, then we're here. And there is a problem because if you look at the press conference yesterday, compare Manny to Enosis, and there's, there's contradictions everywhere, Gary. So there is a cohesion right now. There is not cohesion right now. So we are in a state of exactly what I was hoping wouldn't happen. It happens every day. Things are getting worse. Donaldson is still pulling on plays. So what do you do going forward on offense? This is what you do, Gary. You move Donaldson to center. Okay? You move him to center. You don't pull as much, and you put a little bit more zone blocking in. As the spread allows you to, as the defense gives you a front, you go ahead and identify the two from, two from inside out. You do that, that should give you enough time to go ahead and get the ball out, okay, in under two and a half seconds. You do that, you're moving the ball. Because look at how every defense in college football is. There isn't enough speed across the board. I mean, you've got drag routes that you can fake a drag route, come back, you got four yards. That's as good as a run for four yards, isn't it? It's just basic concepts, man. You've got to adapt. And Enos has failed to adapt and is not willing to adapt. And when he has his press conference, he can't even tell you the truth. He's lying to you. Because he knows the best quarterback right now is Perry for this for, for the spread. It's Perry or it's Mark No, we'll Dow. see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you know, Nicosi, you get you get the good Nicosi and you get the bad Nicosi. And uh, during the course of a game, you might get both of them two or three times. So we'll see. All right. Give us a final thought, everything. Final thought is simple. We are going to win Friday. We are going to win Friday. I'm going to tell you why we're going to win. We are going to knock this quarterback out of the game in the first quarter. We are going <laughs> okay. To we are going to hit him hard. We're going to be a little bit more aggressive. Watch what Manny's going to do early on. Okay, they may, they might think, okay, let's go ahead and get him a misdirection, just like Botek did. Not happening this weekend. Not happening Friday. We're going to hit this kid, and we're then going to be able to show different coverages, 
where he didn't do what he did last year, which he's done this year, no interceptions. My only question is, my concern is, who the hell is going to spy the kid? And I want to tell you who the best kid is for that. And you're going to be surprised with it. But I think he's the best. Right now, Romeo would be the guy that I'm spying him with. Mm-hmm. And I would take, I'll take, my, take my, my, my chances with Mike and Shaq on their tight end. That's what I'm going to have to do. That's the one change I'm going to have to do. I can do it with Frierson and fake it and switch him off and have Frierson go up the A-gap, but you've got to get this guy contained. If you can't hit him early, you won't contain him later. And one last thing on Baker. You could fool me once in the first quarter. You might get me in the second quarter, but you sure as hell ain't going to get me in the third quarter. And that right there tells me exactly why Mr. Baker won't be here next year. Gary, let's go, man. All right, everything. We'll talk to you next week, man. All right, guys, it's time for our Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment uh, with Bruce Warner, the voice of the fan. And each week he's joined by a former Canes player. But Bruce and I made an executive decision this week, and we decided that we weren't – we had way too much respect for the former players to – put them through the misery uh, that everybody's feeling after this two and three start. So um, Bruce and I, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to wing this one ourselves a little bit. So uh, Bruce, welcome to Kane sport live. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I think I need sympathy on this. This is not a good day. Um, 305 is, he's a pretty smart guy. He, he gets the gist. Yeah, he is. Going. I get I gotta keep just, him. I gotta keep him away from his keypad because when he gets on the message board, he just like he, he's just a <laughs> he's like he's the Tasmanian he's devil and 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 too. yeah, well, all functionality just totally breaks down. But he absolutely does know what he's talking about, and I love when he calls into the show because he's 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 markedly better when he's speaking than when he's typing. So, yeah, and you know what? I, I wrote something down about about this and it kind of uh, hits on him because a lot of these posters on Kane sport, they catch hell a lot of times when they're writing stuff, but I got to tell you something. They're right. A lot of times too, Gary. And I know not everybody wants to admit it, but the crap with D'Onofrio all those years with golden. I mean, we weren't wrong about that. And the same thing with Rick and his kid. And some of this stuff is so effing. It's so obvious. What the It's so obvious. I know. I know. I was thinking about, I know, I know, I know. I don't get it. Uh, I mean, you know, we didn't have a player on today. I, I, I was going to call Clinton Portis, but I said, I'm just not going to put him through this. I'm not going to do it. But, you know, all these other guys that I've had on the show in the last two, three years, I talk to these guys constantly. I'm telling you, they're ready to just rip the stadium apart. They are so angry with what they're seeing, and it's an embarrassment to their legacy. That's what they keep telling me. They're embarrassed by this. And it's like, you know, what they did is all going to hell now because of what's going on. And it's not just this year. It's, it is 15 years of the same crap. So I know there's a big outcry to get rid of Blake James, and probably he deserves to get fired because what the hell happened when you have a – was it even a five minutes? I know people keep saying he, he made a five-minute decision. It was probably less than five seconds. He gets on the phone and he calls Manny up at Temple and says, come on back and here's, here's some, some more money. I, you can't do things like that. Nobody runs a business like that. You know, if my secretary quit and she went to work for somebody else, I'm not going to give her more money to come back. Why would I do that? I'll go find somebody else. 
So, you know, these decisions are just really screwing up this this football program. And I know you've told me, because we talk privately, and a lot of people tell me, oh, Blake is a great fundraiser. He's a great fundraiser. I don't give a damn about the medical school, the dental school, the hospital. I couldn't care less. I only care about the football team. And that you know, and he's. I mean, if you look at if you look there. at Blake's overall body of work as athletic director, it's really not bad. I mean, for what you know, I, I mean, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but you know, he's done a fairly good job for, as athletic for director. For what? For what? Girls' well, I mean, I, I mean, he's improved men, men facility. Pink outfits, playing badminton. I mean, where is he? That the football team is the only thing anybody gives a rat's ass about. Maybe no, somewhat true. basketball, but the football program, it's an embarrassment nationally now. Those chains and all that stuff, come on, put that stuff away. We're well, they we're... did. I don't know if you noticed, but the, the last touchdown the other night, the rings didn't come out. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. Because At least I don't I think they did. It. I think they left the rings in the case, you know, yeah. when we were down 14 and cut it to seven late. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and recruiting, you know, you know we'll that I, the, I, I yeah. talk to people. I talk to Gary a lot. I'm, I'm not on the air. We talk a lot, and I tell him things. I told him about Isaiah Walker about a month and a half ago. wasn't coming here. And was I right? He's committed to Florida. Now, I'm not going to get into the hows and the whys, but most of these people that post, they know why, and it's true, and it is true. And you can't just shove it under some sand and say, "Ooh, we can't talk about that." I know. I'm telling you that it happens. Well, it's not a matter. Happening. It's not a matter of shoving it in sand and not talking about it. It's a matter of if you're at Miami, you have to be able to to get past that. Like you can't lose every How? recruit. How? How by this, by cultivating by cultivating relationships with the kid and their family to where it it, it, it that that isn't a factor. It's a factor because the majority of these people don't have that other what, what other people have, and that's why it's a problem. And it's a pro- and, and, it, and it goes into the guys leaving early for the NFL. I'm telling you right now, I don't think um, uh, 97. I don't think he's leaving. His family has some money. He's not going to the NFL. I don't think any of them are going to the NFL this year. I think they're all going to stay here because there's no reason for them to leave. They're not. They're not good enough. But these, but these families and broken families and, and what's going on with the money, it's all hanging out there. This Baker kid from Fort Myers, who I told you about, and Kelvin Harris told us about because he lives there. He knows the stepdad. He talks to him all the time. And he says, Miami was after me. Now he's got Clemson, and he's got almost every ACC team and some of the SEC teams want this kid. He's not an early enrollee because he's playing basketball. He's like 6'7", 265, 270. He plays left tackle, and he plays defensive end on the football team. He's really good. And if they don't get their heads out of the sand and go chase this kid, he's going to go someplace else. And this kid and his mother and stepdad, they want him at Miami. Normally you get the mother and the father, they're taking whatever, and the kids are going someplace else, like Stevenson. But this kid wants to come here, and they're not there. What's wrong with this with this recruiting staff? You know, you bring it up constantly. You want you want to have relationships. How can you have a relationship if you're not there? Uh, here, here's what like that Isaiah Walker kid was like just toying with them the whole summer. 
Yeah, and a lot of these kids are doing that, and that's what I keep hearing, and it's true. And some people post it, and I comment once in a while, but these kids are committing to Miami so they can get other people and other schools interested in them, and that's where the bidding war starts, and Miami gets left holding their own bag. They're not going to get a lot of these kids because they're doing it the wrong way. And now he's coming out with this edict, well, if you're going to take visits, we don't want you, then they're going to lose even more kids. They have to do something else other than well, put their foot this in the ground. This Jaden Francois kid at, at South Dade, he's decommitted twice now. No kidding. And he's not coming here. I mean, he's not coming here. He's twice he's decommitted. Right. Okay. So then they must have some relationship, but it doesn't matter. They're not doing what they need to do. And, I, of course, I'm not going to sit here and say we got to start giving bags like a lot of these posters because we're going to get in trouble and we'll get screwed. The SEC teams won't, but we will. And, and I don't think you can do it because someone's going to something bad is going to happen. There's too much reporting down here of what's going on. So it's not an easy it's not an easy fix. The only way for when I see it is if Blake was gone or whoever if Blake gets, grows a pair and hires a really good coach, a really good a winning coach, not a young guy like Manny who has absolutely no experience whatsoever. The coaching staff, how many winning championships other than Enos? And he was what? He wasn't calling plays. What was he, quarterback coach? Mm-hmm. So where do they look to for someone as guidance? This is how we do it. This is what like what Butch would say. Well, I won at Miami. I won with the Cowboys, blah, 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 blah. They don't have that. Who are the leaders? There's no leaders in the coaching staff. None of these players are leaders. There's no leadership. So who do we have on last week, Russell? Or two weeks ago, yeah. we had Russell on, yep. and he was talking yep. about Jerome and all these guys. You look cross-eyed at those guys, and they'll knock your teeth out in a practice. And, and it's not like that anymore because the coaches aren't leaders and the players aren't leaders. These guys are these – they're like one-and-dones in, in college basketball. They're like three-and-done. They're here three years, and they're going to the league. That's it. They don't care about the school. They just care about themselves. It's horrible. So how does it become more positive, Bruce? What do you think? Like, you know, it, there's a negative feeling right now. There's no doubt about it. How how, how do they flip the switch and and and, and kind of get it going back in the right direction? Got to beat Virginia Friday, right? That's yeah, start. they got to beat Virginia, but I don't think they're going to beat Virginia. They just don't look organized. They look disheveled and disorganized and disinterested, and not everybody's on the same page. It's just not the way it should be. I don't. I, I can't even see them coming close to beating Virginia. I mean, Virginia would really have to lay an egg for us to beat them. And, and you know, and Georgia Tech stinks. Let's hope that's not a close game. They'd be lucky if they get into a bowl game this year. Really, because I just don't know what they're with, learning. With a, with, with a horrible schedule. With a, I mean, it, this schedule. is not this is not a great so, schedule. No. So Navon Donaldson's been here three years. Has he gotten better? Not from the people no. I talk to. And these are all off. No, he is I'm not. Talking to Leon and these guys. He's not better. He's worse. How much better has Shaq gotten? I mean, nice kid. I told you I saw him at Houston's the other night. We talked for a while. But has he gotten any better than he was when he was? I can't freshman? remember one one play he's made this year. I know. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Who's developing these kids? And the other point is, which I, I, I was on a couple of times on uh, Kane Sport this week. How on earth does Reed, Campbell, Hillary, and Herbert let these two freshmen, true freshmen, beat them out? Well, I talked to a few people. You know what I heard? I heard they hated Stacey Searles. They tuned him out last year. And somehow or other, they're not on the same page with these guys either. 
because they're playing like crap. They don't get the plays. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They're lining up wrong. Um, Reed had, has no punch whatsoever. So I'm hearing all the little intimate details about these guys because four of them, not one of these guys can beat out one of these two freshmen. How sick is that, Gary? Yep, it's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. You're on a team an entire year. You come back the following year, and you're sitting on the bench with a 240-pound kid who blew up to 280-something and another kid who you know, got in here whenever Ja'Kai Clark got here, and he's starting at the right guard, and these other four guys are on the bench doing what? I don't get it. That, that There's something that's so wrong with that program and the coaching staff and the AD. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't think he should have the job anymore. I don't care how much money he raises. The football mm-hmm. team is a laughing stock. And you ask how you're going to turn it around, beating Virginia is nothing. They they need to turn everything around. And the recruiting and the effort in recruiting, and you've mentioned this a million times, identifying people. I can't tell you how many times I talked to Bluestein or whoever. They And they're telling me, they keep begging Miami to look at this kid and that kid and this kid, and they don't do it. He's begging them to do it. Look at this kid, and they don't do it. Mm-hmm. So what, right, is, Bruce, that shoe, well, is, that, is that a shoestring staff that they have there? I don't know, but it's it, it's it's obvious that these kids aren't getting better, and these and they're not getting, they're they're not being coached up. That's for sure. Yeah, but well, I am going to Sicilian Oven, though. That's for damn sure. Did you hear Mike Sturkane talk about his visit to Sicilian Oven? He he's no, been no, going every I, week. Yeah, well. Yeah, he's he's loving Sicilian Oven. So thank thank goodness for, for Sicilian Oven, because at least we can eat good. Well, I know one thing, and I know you don't like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. After the Georgia Tech game, that's the place to go. If I, if I, if I don't if I don't like it, then why are you going to say it? <laughs> because I'm going to say it anyway. Because I'm because, no, because it's no, the 30th anniversary it. of the 89 title, and Leon Searcy is the honorary captain, and him and a bunch of them are going with me there after the game. That's I said it. So if people want to see these guys, that's where we're going to be in Aventura after the Georgia Tech game. Right, and Leon's coming, on, Leon's coming on the show next week, right? Yeah, Leon's coming on Tuesday. So we'll hear a lot about the offensive line. And right. Leon has not coached any of these kids, and he, they haven't even asked him. He said he would do it in a heartbeat. They've never even reached out to Leon Searcy. How do you like that? Um, He'll tell you that next week, you guys. All right, Gar. Right. Bruce, thank uh, you. Happy, we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk yep. next week. Go Canes. All right. All right. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. And let's see. We are now going to go to the 917. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How are you doing this week? Uh, what's going on, man? I'm just hanging in there. Listen, uh, I just want to keep it short, like. <laughs> I'm just all messed up over this season. I have to find a new hobby. But um, the wow, man, every everybody, so many guys are feeling that way right now. Man, yeah, I, I, we're so invested. We're so invested into the uh, into the season. It's like you know, I planned the whole season out. You know what I'm saying? So, and I just and I hope just guys come to the game though, man. I, I hope they don't boycott the game because an empty stadium doesn't help the situation. I think that if we lose on Friday, they shouldn't expect anything the rest of the season. Yeah, I, know. I think that way. everybody's at the point where they've just pretty much about to give up. And even though a win at Virginia Tech, I mean at Virginia, 
I'm not so sure if they're going to be able to maintain it because they, I, I, I have no idea what the hell is going on with this team, Gary. I have no idea. But what do you? But how do you feel about if um, you know Virginia comes in and they just beat us? Um, I, I, I'd rather not like look at doomsday. What if? What ifs? I mean, let's let, let's react to what's real. And um, you know, so let's talk about the Virginia game next Tuesday when. We have something real to talk about. I don't want to sit here and say, "Oh, geez, what if Virginia makes them look bad Friday?" I mean, come on, you know, like that's that, that's unfair to the team. But you know, okay. I'd rather, yeah, I would rather, I would rather react and discuss what's happened. So, uh, you want me to comment you, on the Virginia Tech game or the North Carolina, whatever? I'm happy to. But, no, but yeah, I, I don't want to. But I will. Yeah, you're right. But I will say, um, you know, I will pose this question to you, being that Manny has taking a stance where he's like, you know what, I'm going to be more more, more active in what goes on with the defense, right? And being that, you know, like he claims he knows the history of the University of Miami. So if you go back since Randy Shannon, these were a bunch of guys that were afraid to pull the trigger when they had to, to in essence save their jobs. Do you think that if it came down to it, Manny would be able to do that? Um, I don't think that you, you're talking about firing people. You, you you're talking about firing you know, people. Yeah, you know, firing. I people mean, I think he's five games into his first year as head coach. Like, I don't think he's looking to fire anybody. If you're looking to fire right, somebody but, now, I'm why gonna, did you hire him I'm in the give, first place? Right, but I'm gonna give you a perfect example. At Orgeron, his first year at LSU, he took a shot at an OC. It didn't work. He fired him right on the spot. Because he was in job preservation mode, he knew well, what the legacy was. I, I will say this: I can't imagine if this doesn't get better. I can't imagine Dan Enos staying here. Oh no, Dan Enos is, is is well. He may have to actually. No, I don't believe that. that I, I, I well, I believe there's a go? lot of people that would hire him. And as a quarterback, I coach? don't. As a quarterback coach or a coordinator, depending on the school, but like I'm just saying, I can't imagine him staying here for uh, you know to win six games. Like I don't think that's what he has in mind for himself. You know, yeah, well, that's I'm just a, and I'm just guessing. I don't you know nobody yeah. really knows him really really well. I mean, he's kind of you know, he, he, but I, I just you know, I, it, it's just I'm reading the, the tea. I'm just reading the tea leaves a little bit. Yeah, but you know, Manny, like you know, Manny just hired all these guys. He's not going to start firing people left and right. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying he might have to make a few tweaks. And if a few tweaks require somebody he might. losing their job and being replaced, he might have to. Like, for example, yeah. it's glaring every Saturday when you see these guys on the field that we're missing Jess Simpson right now. Mm-hmm. The defensive line just looks different. Like, we had a great coach with Cool, but he just couldn't recruit. And then we replaced him with another great defensive line coach, Jess Simpson. Mm-hmm. And the defensive line just looks different. Is something is off, and it's it, we need to make a change at defensive line. That's that's something that's totally glaring to me. You know that the guys seem to have regressed, and I didn't want to put the the loss on Saturday all on. What's his name? Uh, Blake James, I think. What's his name? Blake uh, James Blaker, uh, whatever his name Baker. is, Baker. Yeah. Because when I see Michael Pickney mess up on the same play three times, 
that's not coaching. That's 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 football one on one. I hope it's not coaching. I hope it's not coaching. Gary, he that was his responsibility. Every every linebacker playing that position knows that that's your responsibility. He did it for the first three years he was here. That was him just doing his own thing. I don't know if he's trying to boost his draft stock or whatever it is he's trying to do. It's not working because that was coaching one on one. That you learned that in high school. You know, you learned that in mm-hmm. pee wee leagues probably. I didn't play pee wee leagues. I played high school, but you learned that in high school. So when I saw him miss that play three times, I'm like, nah, he's doing his own thing. He's really doing his own thing, and that cost us. That cost us 21 points. Strictly off the 21 points you know, between him and Jan Williams, which were pretty much the same play, they cost us 21 points in that game. And if Pinkney would have just held his assignment, maybe those six points turned into three points. You know, so, I mean, I'm just hoping that Manny sees the writing on the wall. And, and you know, there's a guy out there, there's examples out there that if Manny really wants to be the coach at the University of Miami and really wants to prove that he could take Miami to the next level, he's going to have to jettison some, 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 some personnel at the end of this season. And I think he needs to start with the defensive line, the O-line, and take it from there because – we're looking bad. Ed Orgeron did it, and look how it's paying off for him. Look yeah, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you, and I think Manny Manny has that in him. Like I, I don't think he'll stick his head if he needs to make a move. I don't think he'll stick his head in the sand. Um, no, I do I think, think it's I, think I, I do, I do think it's a little early for that. Like I, I, I think five games in, it's a little early to make those declarations well, at this point. But I don't think it's early, but I think it's the fact that. Being that we're so far behind the eight ball, we're not going to make our, you know, everybody had a goal, ACC championship game, not to win it, but just to make it. So we're already going to miss that goal. It's looking like we're going to miss that goal, right? As if you look at it now, every team it's going to take a lot <laughs> on our schedule. Every exactly every team on the on our schedule, they're looking at Miami like, wow, Miami's beatable. We could beat mm-hmm. this team. You know, and Miami shouldn't feel confident. I mean, I don't feel confident about them beating Duke. Did you see what Pittsburgh did on Saturday? I don't feel confident about them beating Pittsburgh. I know. Those teams are getting better. They're getting better. Those teams are getting better each week. Exactly. I don't feel that confident about them beating Virginia. That's three right there. And Florida State, we were laughing at Willie Taggart (laughs) earlier this year. But who's laughing now? Well, he's got a long he's got a long way to go yet, but it, you know they played they, they've played a little better. But at least Willie has foresight. What did he do? He brought in um, the defensive Love coach it. from Oregon. What's yeah. Levitt? Yeah. As a come on, like he as as an analyst, yeah, that was a very very good move by them, no doubt. Willie, and look at the defense since he got there. Yeah, he's they've been better, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. They've been they've, they've been better. So hopefully. You know, at some point, the, the I think what's going on right now is glaring to Manny. I think he knows, you know, you know, he seems like the type that's going to pull the trigger to me. I think he knows. He already has it in the back of his mind. Listen, even if we end up with six wins, seven wins, which is <laughs> going to be tough, because we only had two, I'm, I can't see four wins right now on the schedule. 
just to get us into a bowl game. And we, oh man, I hope you're wrong. All right, BK, I'm now I'm 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 starting to get depressed here. <laughs> I hope sorry, you're man, wrong. I, you, I can't, but, I can't know, imagine uh, four four wins. Oh my God. Come on, we got to play right, four man. wins, Gary. <laughs> all right, give us a call next week. All right. <laughs> all right, cool. Ooh. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. Wow, four wins. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go now to the three two one. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Three two one. You with us? Yes, yes, yes. Hello. There you are. Yeah, who's this? Yes, I'm here. This is Duquesne Tony, man. Let me take let me take you off my headset. All right, can you hear me? We can hear you. Talk to us. All right, this is Duke K. Tony, man. I'm a first-time caller, Gary. I've been listening to your show for about five years. And, uh, man, I appreciate every time you come on. Every time you don't come on, I'm pretty uh, pretty down about it. But um, let me get oh, th- Thanks for being a loyal listener, man. We appreciate you. Man, I appreciate you. I'm, I'm kind of excited to be on here. I'm at work, but I can still talk. Listen, when we hired Manny Diaz, we hired Manny Diaz, and we had Manny Diaz, and we had the Eno on both sides of the ball. So we was going to have Enos' offense with Manny Diaz's defense. I haven't been seeing that this year. And now Manny wants to get involved with with the defense when I feel like he should have been involved with the defense from the beginning. Like, that was my whole issue with what I was seeing. And now that I see that he wants to get more involved, I know we hire him to get Blake Baker's defense. Like, we did not hire him. I don't think Manny Diaz was hired to be a CEO. He was hired to be – a defensive coach, like, although, let me know where I'm wrong, Gary. Well, you know, I, you know I think it's a catch-22. I think the ideal model is that the head coach is the CEO and he has good coordinators. But, it, you know, Manny obviously is going to want to run his defense, and, and nobody's going to run his defense better than him. So, yep. you know, I think he yep. kind of got – I think he kind of got stuck in the middle here a little bit. and. Yeah. The, the performance has not been up to par, and I think he's making a smart move now, getting more involved because this is not a Definitely. good start to a head coach era. And you know, Randy Shannon had the same issue and did not make that kind of move and never really recovered from it. Yes, with, with the offensive coordinator, I remember he had the same issue as in a reverse. Our defense was actually pretty good under Randy Shannon. It was our offense. That we couldn't get well, they, no, they did not the first. The first year they went five and seven. Nothing was good. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. You know, he now gave long, Tim Walton. You know, he he promoted Tim Walton, the defensive coordinator, who was inexperienced, and uh, it didn't work out. And then he had an inexperienced offensive coordinator also. Now, um, I w- I want to bring up everything three oh five, man. You come up with some of the best points, even though some of them are. I might think some of them are negative, and I don't want to hear them, but he's always on point. Now, one thing he's on point with, they all being cheap. You might not agree with me, Gary, because I know you have a job to do, but, man, we've been being cheap for years when it comes to a coach. And I know a lot of people like to say we don't have the money to go out and hire, you know, real big-time coaches. Then why are we? Why do we even have the program? Why do, why are we, we have to keep up with the times, bro. We have to keep up with the times. We haven't been keeping up with the times. Now, but I mean, Blake. Blake gave Manny 1.5 million dollars to hire Dan Enos. Like that's not being cheap. 
I mean, and, it, know, and, and like everybody, everybody in the program that I've ever spoken to about this subject unconditionally tells me the same thing. If we need something, we get it. So if they go walk up the halls of the sports center and they go see Blake James, we need X for this reason and this, he gives yeah. it to them. They're, 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 the football office is very rarely told no on anything. Yeah. Now, I will say, man, like, this year is a bummer. I've, I've gone, I went to the Bethune Cookman game. I was just at the Virginia Tech game. Um, going down 28-0 was like, what have we been doing for a whole body? Like, something's definitely off. I don't know what's off, um, but something's definitely off, man. And, uh, you know, I commend Manny for trying to help things. I'm not going to sit here and say fire Manny Diaz or that type of thing. It is the first year, but we expected to see better coaching in this. We expected to see a better level of coaching in this. And, you know, you don't see I – don't, I don't care, you know, I don't, you might not even see Kansas and Les Miles go down 28-0 to zero You know what I'm saying? We're Miami, and we're going down 28-0 to zero to Virginia Tech, a team that we blew out of the water last year, if I can remember correctly. It wasn't a close game last year. But um, I just really think, man, I don't know. I'm not an expert at this thing, but I just feel like the level of our coaching is not at the level that it needs to be. I'm watching us get outcoached by – you know, especially on defense. I can't really say much about the offense, but on defense, we're being out coached by lesser teams constantly. Like we're getting out coached by freshmen. I, I don't know what what we need to do. I just support the program. I fill up the games, and I just try to do the best I can as a fan. But I just feel like our program needs to be all in. Like some of us fans are all in. You know, some of us don't even really get a lot of days off, and then we go and we do with our extra money. What we do is we go to games and, you know, we go and we tailgate and that's, you know, that's my club on Saturday. You know, that's my, my that's what I love to do. And I just hate to see the program where it is, but I'm still going to support it regardless, you know. And I just appreciate you and your show. You know, let somebody get on that knows what they're talking about. But I just feel like... <laughs> you did pretty well. <laughs> now, I have a lot of opinions, man. And I, I, like I said, I listen every week and I just feel like, you know, Something needs to improve, man. We got to get better on all fronts, and it's something we're missing, though. I don't know what it is. And, and recruit, I don't even want to get into recruiting. How I feel about recruiting is, you know, we have a whole biased NCAA against us. Any moves we make, they're going to be on us, but they won't jump on Alabama. For example, I don't know if you remember, a couple years ago, if it wasn't last year, Alabama had a player that got caught with uh, drugs and a pistol, and they suspended him for one half. And nobody better than not. Nobody said anything. But, you know, it's, it's like we, we are like the red-headed stepchild of college football. They don't want to see us rise. And when they do see us rising, they do everything they can to kind of push us down. So, you know, I, I'm still going to ride with us regardless. You know, as a fan, it's tough to watch us get out coached and not get beat by the NCAA like we usually do. But um, I feel like we just need to make some improvements, man. I feel like Manny did the right thing by saying he wanted to get involved with the defense. I feel like when it comes to quarterbacks, I did see that we had Jan Williams hurt, um, and they, you know, had uh, Nicole Terry taking snaps, Tate Martell taking snaps. Let Terry run with it, bro. If we lose, we lose. It looked like the whole team, the whole crowd, the whole stadium lit up when Terry got in the game the other day. You know, I was there, and uh, from TV, it might have looked like – it was booing, but no, nah, man, they were cheering, man. And I watched, I witnessed that man almost come back in that game. I think we need to give him a shot, give him a chance, 
especially while while Jaron Williams is hurt. I think he's our best option. Live or die, live or die Perry, man. I feel like he's our best option at quarterback. We don't have a good offensive line. And if you watch that, I rewatched that game, and I watched him escape quite a bit. And I haven't seen Jaron really escape from the pocket like that. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like whoever gives us the best chance to win, man, put him out there. Like, forget all the politics, forget all the people that want to be biased. I like Tate, I like Williams, I like Nicosi. You know, I watched that kid come back in that game, and, and magic happened. You know, that that freaking Hail Mary play, you know, for um to Mark Pope, that was magic yep. to come back in that game. It was just like the energy, the electricity. Have you really seen that since the Florida game? I haven't seen that electricity since the Florida game. And, you know, Not I really, no. Lose that game, but I was proud that they sparked it in. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop talking your ear off, Gary. I know you got a show to do. But, um, man, <laughs> I appreciate every one of y'all. I haven't heard right, from uh, D-Black in a while. Um, there's a lot of these guys. I would like to kind of get together and meet you all at a game one day as a team sport thing and probably meet you too, Gary. All right, man. Well, hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us, give us a call next time. No problem. I sure will. Take it easy, buddy. All right. All right, man. Have a great night. Let's go to the 772. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you? Doing great. Who's this? This is uh, Hurricane Andrew calling from Orlando. Hey, what's up, man? I, I mean, I, I say I'm doing great. I was doing great until BK Hurricane told told me we're going to win four games this year. I mean, that was a little... That's a little bit of a well, downer, but well, don't ex- don't expect this call to be any better because I'm just as upset as everybody else. Yeah. What do you uh, think? What are your What are your thoughts? Uh, we need to. Uh, well, first of all, I I I don't think Manny was qualified enough to be the head coach to begin with. We should have uh, let him go to Temple, and um, let him cut his teeth there. This isn't the type of job to be cutting your teeth at. We expect to win as a fan base. And um, just listening to uh, you not even bringing on a, a alumni guest is is uh, <laughs> you know that's, that 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 that, that kind of bothered me a little bit because we I, we I didn't want to put we didn't we didn't want to put one of those guys through that tonight. We just decided not to do it. Yeah, I, I mean, a, a, as a fan, listening to uh, Manny, he sounds like a car salesman to me. I mean, he's a he, he's a great talker, but you know nothing that he promised us in the off season is is being reflected on the field. Um, he constantly says that you know positions are up for grabs, and hey, you know this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And then when we turn on our TVs or we go to the games and we're looking at a a, a team that has come off of two bye weeks to prepare for teams, and they look basically like a, a, a undercoach high school team. I mean, I'm originally from Vero Beach. My my high school team looks better than that. It, it, it's disappointing. It, it, it's disappointing. And to continue to, uh, you know, make concessions for somebody that uh, we expected to, to do great things is just, it's insulting to a, to a certain degree to me. You know, mm-hmm. this is a pretty educated uh fan base. We we all know football. We're all passionate about the university and they're doing us a disservice. You know, the uh the athletic department in my opinion is just leveraging the money from the football program and putting it in into other programs instead of investing in, on what makes the on what pays the bills down there. 
it, it's disgusting as as a fan. And you know, I know there's dissension on the team. You know, there's a lot of people that want Perry to play because he's the better quarterback. And one question I, I, I well, have now wait 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 time uh, out time out wait wait let me stop you for a minute. What are you basing that on? I'm basing it. I'm basing it on the way the, the team responds when he's on the field. I don't see that when Jaron's on the field. Now, if I wanted any information, there's three guys that are on the team right now from Bureau Beach. If I really wanted to know anything, I could just call one of them. It, it, it's not an issue, but I'm not that invested in it to to want to know. I'm just basing my opinion off what I see. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's true. I don't think that they take sides either way. I I, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm basing my. Well, that's why I'm asking. That's why I asked you. What are you basing it on? But you just you just said you're not basing it on anything. So. (laughs) No, I I I, I, I did. I did base. I I was pretty. uh, I was pretty direct on what I was basing it on. I'm basing it on the body language of the players and how they respond when Perry's on the on the field. I mean, it it doesn't take rocket. it doesn't take rocket science. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that he's a better quarterback. I think a lot of this is a well. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's wh- how do you define better quarterback? Now, like he, they had some success the other day, no argument. And Nikosi did did great for the most part. But let's not ignore the fact that he had one official interception. He had another interception that got negated by a pretty borderline roughing the passer penalty. So he really had two interceptions there. And then there was a third interception that the guy dropped the ball. So, like, it's not like it was all perfect now. And and even Eno said in his press conference yesterday that for a few series in the middle of the game that he thought Nikozi had gone to another planet. So And, and that's been Nikozi's problem in the past. He doesn't see the field great. When the game was on the line late and you needed the quarterback to make a play, he twice threw the ball into triple coverage. Okay, so, like – I, I get it. Like, I see the great plays, too. But what I keep trying to, like, caution everybody and point out is that there's a flip side also with Nikozi. And until he gets rid of that flip side, if he ever does, then, you know, he's not necessarily the right quarterback to be on the field. Because he'll, he'll cost you a game, too. But but you believe Jaron is a, a a better fit for. What I don't have an do? opinion on Jaron, like really. I mean, I thought Jaron was doing okay. I mean, he obviously didn't do okay in the first quarter the other day. But up until that point in the season, I thought I didn't think Jaron embarrassed himself at all. Now, um, I didn't think he was great by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't have a problem with the fact that Nikozi got a shot the other day and and did decent with it. I'm just cautioning like a rush to judgment because I understand there's a flip side with him. He also had a fumble that he got bailed out on too uh, in the fourth in the fourth quarter on the drive where they went down and scored. Um, there was a play where he fumbled the ball and um, I can't remember who recovered it, but somebody recovered it. Um, so he almost had four turnovers himself. Okay. Agreed. But I still feel like this is a continuation of uh, what we seen last year and um, Manny being a part of the park. Mark, Mark yeah, but, 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 but this is the same thing you saw last year too. You, you saw an up and down the cozy. You saw Nikozi that went into the Florida State game and looked great, and then you saw Nikozi that went to Virginia and threw two interceptions in the first quarter, and didn't have a clue what he was doing and couldn't and wasn't seeing the field. 
and they and Mark but Rick had was, to pull him. But what was everybody's argument with that? We know we we both know who was calling plays last year. I mean, Mark Rick was, let's be but, honest. Exactly. But that has what, not, that what, has. What, but it does that. It doesn't matter. They still were running a play, and he was not seeing the field. Okay, I think it's a. And, I, and I, he I didn't see. So. And he didn't see the he didn't see the field in those last two plays at the end of the game last week. Threw the ball no, into triple coverage, back to back plays, back to back plays, right into right into triple coverage. I, I agree. You know, he tried to force the ball to uh, Brevin Jordan at the end of the game when he could have just yeah. went to his but, check down. And, but, and but, got but I'm just saying, maybe there, was, there, you know, maybe there was a better decision he could have made that is the difference between winning and losing. You know, maybe he makes a better decision and they score a touchdown, they get into overtime and they win the game. And everybody feels a hell of a lot better than they do right now. So, well, like, I'm, I'm just cautioning that there may not be uh, a catch-all here. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm willing to to live and die. I I trust Dan Enos on quarterbacks. I really do. I think he's a very good quarterbacks coach. Um, we don't know yet how great of a coordinator he is, but I, I I feel he's a very good quarterbacks coach, and I trust his judgment. And he picked Jaron, and he didn't pick Jaron because he thinks he can win more games with Nikosi. Now he may have a different opinion after last week because Nikosi had a lot of very good plays, and that was the best that the Dan Enos offense has looked this year. But it was against well, it was against a it was against a bad Virginia Tech team. It was against a Virginia Tech defense that gave up I think what forty five points to Duke. Right. So but keep it in perspective. I, I, that's I, all. That's all I'm saying. Keep it in perspective. Ultimately, I don't think it's uh it's left up to uh, uh Coach Enos to make the decision on the quarterback. I mean, he made that one hundred percent. It absolutely is. There's no way that, that there's no way that Manny's bringing that guy in, paying him one and a half million dollars because of his ability to coach quarterbacks and run an offense. There's no chance that Manny's overruling what he says on who he thinks should be the quarterback. Well, you were at the press conference. I, I watched it. He clearly said that it's Manny's decision. Yes, because he clearly, he's respectful. He he's respect. He's respectful of the fact that he has a head coach, um, but. You know, Manny might be trying to create some diversion in this whole deal that Enos wasn't privy to or whatever. Like, who the heck knows? I agree they didn't look like they were on the same page, and that was a bad look for them. But um, trust me, I I would be just floored if I found out that Manny Diaz was overruling Dan Enos on a decision having to do with the quarterbacks. All right, I want to uh, I want to also uh, talk about the defense. Um, I listened to a, a lot of the sentiments of the other callers, but I just want to bring in perspective and ask your opinion on why do you feel that why don't you feel that Manny Diaz should have been a part of the uh, defense from 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 uh, the start and up until now? I, we were all under the impression as fans that you know walking into this program that the defense was going to be relatively the same as it clearly hasn't. Well, I think he should have been. I agree. I agree that in this case he should have been. Um, and here's why when, and it goes back to what we've discussed earlier on the show. It's not like he's going out and hiring a superstar defensive coordinator. I like Blake Baker. I think he's a very good young coach, but he's not a superstar defensive coordinator. He doesn't have a big resume. He doesn't, he, you know, he, he doesn't have a, 
lineup of accomplishments that he's accomplished as a defensive coordinator. So you're bringing in a guy that is less experienced than you are by far. And I'm not sure that, that it, that it wasn't, you know, a mistake to not run the defense himself from minute one. Well, because he has, he has a guy to run the offense. He has Dan Enos and Manny doesn't have to run the offense. Manny has to run the program, but he doesn't have to run the offense. So I think he, he probably should have been there from day one. Right. I mean, I, I uh, was of the opinion that we were having issues on offense until I seen what Perry did in the offense last week. So clearly what, Clearly, I think we have something to work with on the offensive side. But on the defensive side, I just think that Blake Baker's out of his league. It's similar to uh, Manny. You know, this isn't a place where you can come and cut your teeth and um, think it's going to be okay. I mean, you, 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 you're, you're down there. I'm here in Orlando, and I can feel the heat up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's going to get hot. It's going to get really hot down there if they don't start winning. Yeah, if they don't look good Friday night. I mean, I don't, you know, it, it's going to get a little rough down here, no doubt. Yeah, so in closing, you know, I guess uh, as a fan, I'm concerned with well, what we're seeing on the field. I'm tired of uh, turning on my television and, and possibly in, uh, reconsidering um, even coming down there to go to any of the games this year because of what we've seen. I can't sit here and um, put myself through uh Losing the teams that we 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 beat the brakes off of last year. I mean, we lost to two teams that we we decimated last year, and we've lost to two freshman quarterbacks. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. That's embarrassing. Yep, it's it's, it's not a picture perfect start, no doubt. All right, man. Well, hey, listen, I hope you keep coming to the stadium, though, because, you know, people not coming and getting rid of their tickets and things like that, that doesn't help anything. It really doesn't. Yeah, I, I know, but I think it's time to send a wake-up call to the uh, athletic department. It's it's time out for this. It's been 15 years, and this is the uh, University of Miami. It's not the University of Mediocrity. We expect better than this, and it's time that we, we band together and um, let them know that. All right, man. Well, you, you're going to be there Friday, right? No, I won't. You won't? <laughs> no, I won't. All right. All was, right. Well, I was, expe- I was expecting to uh, come down for Georgia Tech, but we'll all see. right. We'll see. All right, man. We'll call in next week. We'll see what happens. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Let's go to the two three nine. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Two three nine. You with us? Hello. That's you. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you know. Uh, I was just listening, Gary, to um to the call. Who's no, the, Mondo, wait, who's this? Who's this? First of all, who's this? Uh, Mondo is a guy. I'm. All right, I'm I've been listening for five years. Oh, and, cool. Um, all right. And Gary, it's 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 got to be frustrating what I saw. It. I was I was sad because you know you 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 expect out a lot out of the team for the season, and um. And then you see the performance, and it just made me depressed, and it made me angry. And and to think that you know, I, I just go back to the day where we hired Manny, and the fact that you know we didn't even we didn't even interview you know another guy, and, and that's all I that's all I think about. And then 
you know, you just, you, I expect more out of the coaching. And, and I know that, you know, we say that, you know, well, they're, we want to give them a chance or whatever. And, um, but I just, I just feel like there's some mistakes that are happening out there on the field. They shouldn't be happening. Like what, what's going on with Lorenzo Lingard? I mean, I know that he's hurt. They, they're saying that he's hurt and he wasn't good so, enough to play, but he's covering. Here, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing on Lorenzo. Okay. I know he's a, he's a five-star prospect in the whole thing, but he got hurt last year, but you blew, you blew his, you blew his red shirt year last year. Okay. Now he's coming off knee surgery. He's the number three running back. Okay. He's not going to get more than a couple carries a game. If even, and that's if you force him out there. So it makes total sense if you're managing his career in a proper manner to redshirt him this year, let him come back next year, even healthier than what he is now and let him compete. If DJ comes back and Cam, cam let him compete with those guys. And if he shows up better, then now he's the number two back or the number one back, um, you know, and, and, and let it play out that way. But, but don't have him come back next year as a junior who has never done anything here. Like he's already a junior. Like it, to me, it, it's a total no brainer to redshirt him this year. I, I applaud Manny Diaz that he's making these kind of decisions in years past. We would have played a guy like this and he'd be a senior before he ever did anything here. Yeah, I guess my frustration comes is that I'm thinking, is he going to transfer out of here? I mean, listen, he if he does, be, he does. He if he if he transfers, your third string running back transferred. Okay, it's like you can't run your program worrying about people doing irrational things like that. You, you now you have to handle it properly. But okay, you, you sit yeah, down you with the kid. Well, you handle it properly by you sit down with the kid and his family and you talk it through and you explain to them why it's in his best interest to redshirt. Yeah, but if he transfers out next year, we got one running back. <laughs> one running back. No, no, you don't. And, 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 yeah, it'd be just. No, you don't. Because he. DJ Dallas is coming back. Uh, I think he's probably going out, but you know you have Cam Harris. You got Don Chaney coming into the program. You still got uh, Robert Burns sitting there, and then you got Lingard. So if DJ goes to the NFL, Lingard and Cam are going to share carries next year. So and and you know what? If Lingard is is a phenom who has the most amazing season in the world, you know he could still go to the NFL after three years, right? Even if he redshirts. Yeah. Yeah. So it really so it really doesn't matter. But protect him by redshirting him this year when you're not going to use him very much. Let me let me ask you. Uh, let me shift gears a little bit. What did you think about the the two walk on fullbacks getting playing time? Didn't we recruit a fullback to you know do that for us? And yeah, I mean he's obviously not doing very well. I'm I'm a surprised I'm a, I'm a, I'm a surprised as you, but he's I mean he's not playing at all. Yeah, I mean, I saw that. I just about wanted to throw the remote at the TV. I mean, it, it, it's got to be – I mean, I guess that would make sense if he's just not doing that well, but – Yeah, I mean, All right, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're not, you're not seeing them put him out there. So he's, he's clearly not doing very well. Yeah. So. All right, yeah, I guess that was it. I just – I, that, that was my complaint. It's just I don't know what's going on in the offense. I thought I, I was expecting so much more out of you know the offense, and it just you know 
I, we keep lining up under center, and I mean, the statistics show you, analytics show you that we're just way better, you know, in spread and. Well, the problem is that they're lining up under center to get into a play-action game, which makes 100% sense to me. But they're not—they don't have a running—they don't have a running game. So, if you don't have a running game, it's hard to play action. I might be—I might be biting too much off here, but this is this is my take on the left tackle situation because I told a friend, you know, I saw that we were starting a true freshman, and I said either this true freshman is that good. That he's going to be starting as a true fr- no, but nobody does that. Nobody starts a true freshman at left tackle. Not even Alabama does. You know, know. at the beginning of the season. So it was either he was either that good, or I mean, maybe I'm I'm biting off more than I can chew. But the coach, you know, is trying to show his you know his acumen as a offensive line coach and and prove to everybody that he's a little bit better than everybody and and. It's just biting him in the butt, and it was just we keep trotting them out there, and he wants to make it work because if not, like, what is he going to stand on at that point? Does that make any sense to you? A little bit. So, a little bit. All right. Well, that's 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 it, man. That's just I I this is a few things that I get frustrated. Obviously, you know the the lose it sucks, man. I, I mean, it, it sucks. I mean, I know that a lot of no, people... It's not fun at all. I mean, everybody looks season. forward to football season, and it's yeah. over by the first week and, of October. We're, we're, we're patronizing the games, and, and, I mean, nobody... I mean, if Sicilian Oven was a bad restaurant, you know, would you be talking about, you know, oh, you need to go see this restaurant? You'd be saying, no, don't go to this restaurant. You know, right. and I think that's the way a lot of people feel. It's like, why do I want to go watch a game? Why do I want to go watch a product... You know, I feel. You know what it feels like? It feels like we're the Cleveland Browns of college football. You know, we just talk about how good we are, and we just it's and it's not even the coach. I, I don't even know where it starts or where it ends. We just we can't get out of our own way with our coaching Listen, hires and, and. I I hated that whole new Miami thing. I thought it was way overdone. I thought, you know, I'm a big believer that you do something first, then 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 run your mouth, you know, kind of thing. Like, you don't you don't do that until you've done something. And I felt like they were setting themselves up, but like, you know, I don't know, man. I I just thought I I thought it was it was very ill guided. Yeah. Because now it's 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 like somebody let all the air out of the room, you know. Yeah. But, all right, man. Well, listen, give us a call next week. All right, thank you. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the four eight four. You're on Kane Sport Live. Four eight four. You with us? Going once. Hello? Yeah, that's you. Who's this? Hey, what's up, Gary? It's Philly. Hey, what's up, Philly? What you got for us? Talk to us. Oh man, well, I wanted to. I the last caller to let us know that um, Alabama did have a left tackle. Uh, two freshmen that tackle start. It was uh, Cam Robinson, a five-star in Louisiana, and then mm-hmm. like a couple. Yeah, I remember of that. Bad, they, Cyrus Quan. Yeah, Cyrus Quanjo has started left tackle for he got hurt, blew out his knee. But yeah, um, but they're recruiting like the elite of the elite. Like those guys are elite, yeah. elite guys. You know. But that's a, but that's the thing. That's a, that's the thing, man. It's like it's 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 amateur hour at the Apollo at Miami. I mean, you, you started with the AD. You got, you know, Mandy, great dude, but you know, you okay, your your AD gives you one point five million to go get an O C 
you have if you look at Ohio State, Ohio like, like Ryan Day playing got uh, Mike Yurich, the Oka the the um O C Oklahoma State and only paying him nine hundred nine hundred nine hundred thousand dollars um a year to just be his quarterback coach. This is a guy mm-hmm. who ran um top ten offenses from two thousand thirteen to two thousand eighteen to just come in and be your you know, your, your quarterback coach. Let him call plays and Ryan Day calls the plays. Then mm-hmm. um he, he, he let um Graciano go and he went and, and got um Greg Matson from Michigan State I mean sorry from, from Michigan to be his D C. So you see like you know, he's going like first year coach. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole nother level of coaches. Experience. But yes. the thing about that's, that's, that's the thing is like it's like Manny Manny comes from like the damn Mullen coaching tree. Like like he wasn't really with Mac Brown when Mac Brown was um, actually winning. He came to tell in when Mac Brown was trying to like save his job and did like a Larry Coker type situation and asked asked his whole coaching staff and he was trying to hire like a lot of. Um, all-star coaches and try to save his job. So by that time, the program was already on a downslide, and that's when he brought in Manny. But Manny really trained under Chuck Amato at NC State and really trained under Dan Mullen. Mullen himself is not that great of a recruiter. Mullen is about, you know, like like basically winning and then allowing the winning to bring in the recruits, which is kind of yes. what Manny's doing now. That's very but, true. But I think but, but the thing about it, though, is that Manny is not that type of dude. He's not that type of recruiter, you know, and nope. everybody celebrated. Everybody celebrated him for act for axing the whole offensive coaching staff. But realistically, if he's really a boss, he would have said, you know what, Rick, son, you're going. Stacy, you're going. Okay, Ron Dugans, you're going to stay. Harley, you're going to stay. Because I need beef recruiters on, 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 this, on this team. And, you know, that's what, I, that's what he said he needed. He said he wanted guys that can recruit. And guys that can coach, but yet you let two, if you, if we count Thomas Brown, three recruiters go, and then on defense, you you on defense, Gary, he could have went and got got um, Charlie Patrick Partridge from um, from Pitt to be D line coach. Charlie Partridge is one of the best um, uh, uh, D line coaches and recruiters. He's the one that 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 um, that got Alex Callen and Denver Kirkland to go to Arkansas. You know, he mm-hmm. produced he, – he he coached J.J. Watt at Wisconsin. He's one of the best defensive line coaches in there, and he, and he recruits um, in South Florida. But yet, instead of doing that or even going to uh, NC State and getting Kevin Patrick, you go ahead and bring some dude from Akron. You know, instead of going and getting – saying um, Chris Beatty, the wide receiver coach at Pitt, who's a beast recruiter, who, you know, recruits in Maryland, or even – Going and get Jawan Sider and making him like co-OC, wide receiver coach, running back coach out of Penn State. You go get the running back coach from K State. Like realistically, like what do like what do you really expect? You know, it, it's amateur hour. It, it's amateur hour at Miami, and it's like people are fed up and we're tired of it. We're tired of wasting our money. I'm tired of I'm tired of leaving Philadelphia. Flying down there, spending all this money, going to games, you know, going to bookstore, whatever, buying all this merchandise, and then it's, it's trash. I'm giving money for nothing. Yeah, well, no, that's how a lot of people are feeling right now. And 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 and, and basically, with this with this Virginia game, to me, Gary, I, I hope it ends up being different. 
But to me, it feels like this is going to be like Virginia when when we close the Orange Bowl, or it's going to be like Clemson, the game that that Golden got fired. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a slaughter. I hope it's not, because every single time we have a reset, every single time we have all the whole off season to get ready for Florida. All this bravado, all this talking, all this stuff. You come back at Florida, you lay an egg. Okay, reset. Off week. Everybody's everybody's mad. Everybody's human in locker room. We having strong practices. You come back out. What happens? Nothing. You lay an egg against North Carolina. Okay, reset again. You know, let's take a breath. Let's have a heart to heart. Let's go. Let's go at it again to Michigan. It's like you keep having resets. You know, it doesn't take. You know, you you have UNC who only won five games in two years, okay, looking so much more fundamentally sound than you do. And you and you, and this is all even on the defensive side. The defensive side looks more fundamentally sound than you. And they look they look like they look horrible last year when we played them. They look so unfunctionally unorganized and bad when we played them last year. And they came out this year under first year coach Max Brown under a whole new staff, and he looks so much more fundamentally sound than we did. That makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that, that's all I got, man. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully this Friday goes better. But keep me on. It needs to. It needs to go better, obviously. All right, man. Well, listen, thank you for being part of the show and give us a call next week. All right, let's go to the 980. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Good evening, Gary. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm I, I'm I'm getting a little depressed. I got to be honest, man. Everybody's really down. Who's this? This is Jay. It's been a while. Um, What's up, Jay? Welcome sure, back. Welcome um, back to the show. Just, uh, appreciate it. Yeah, I had a I just I'm, I'm beyond depressed like everyone else, but there's a few things I, I just really want to say. I had, I didn't listen to you. But I hope I'm not repeating many things. I might be because everyone's probably thinking the same thing. But uh, I got about ten things to cover. I'll be quick. But um, first, coaching. It is Philly's. You know, Philly's, Philly's really negative on the board, but it, it's 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 amateur. You, you can't hire the staff that you have and expect to recruit, expect to coach, expect to be fundamentally sound, and expect to overcome odds or obstacles may present themselves in the game. The guys don't have the experience. It's not an experienced staff at all. You have fourth down 17 in North Carolina, and you're playing that type of coverage. You're blitzing Gilbert Frierson on the damn boundary side who runs into someone. They, they blitz to run into people. The, the blitzes don't get home. There's the, That's fundamental. That's coaching. There's a low football IQ on this football team, and that's the direct correlation of the head coach. The head coach has a low IQ football team, and I can give you 15 damn plays that you can see that on. And seniors down to freshmen. It's Michael Pigney on the first touchdown the other day, running outside. There's three guys outside playing contain on the field side. The guy goes out. There's no linebacker there. It's Michael Pigney lined up at D tackle on third ten the other day with Greg Russo. And you have strength to the boundary side, to the run side, because that was a strength in formation, tight end and running back. And they come down with a nice little trap going the other way. They pick up 23 yards on the goddamn third and ten runner play. And they spread you out on offense. We spread out. DJ Dallas runs for a touchdown. He makes one or two guys miss, and he's gone because there's a one high safety, and it's not a bunch formation. But, yeah, we play 
to the no strength of this football team. We play to any weakness we have, which is the offensive line, and we're sitting there trying to implement a play-action game. We're play-action passing on the 10-yard line with five seconds left. So what the hell run is Virginia Tech respecting in that situation? And then lucky there was one second left because they wasted two of them goddamn play-actioning for no reason. And three, Nicosi fits this offense a hell of a lot better. And I know you're fans with Nicosi and most years the league or Nicosi and Jaren, and I get that Nicosi has – a lot of downfalls. But you know what? Nikosi can stretch the field. And the reason why we can't run the damn ball with our offensive line because there's no stretch of the field. There's no threat. Bob Foster admitted that. In the damn press conference, there's a YouTube video. Put it at a two-minute, two 20-second mark. He lays it out there for two minutes. Everything you and I and everyone else can see, he lays it out there in public for everyone to hear a professional say. I mean, we're not all professionals, but we watch football for 35 years or more. We know what the hell we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So – yeah, when man, when the cozy's good, he looks very pretty out there. There's no doubt about it. And you know what? But here's the thing: you have to take the good with the bad because that good and that bad still give you the best chance to win the season. It has the best chance to run this offense, and what Jaron's doing in the three interceptions, they're squatting on routes, and the result of them squatting on routes is we're creeping them in, and it's impacted our run game because our offensive line sucks and there's no threat of a deep ball and there's no threat of a run game because of that. And then I got something to say about Manny. I'll cut it short. I'll stick to five because there's other people and I had much more. <laughs> this turnover chain has got to go and these stupid-ass touchdown rings have got to go. The turnover chain was a novelty. It grew organically in 2017. It was a f- phenomenon and it was tremendous. We have the biggest hype maker right now in Manny Diaz. And the guy who said the Cleveland Browns, identical. It's height, it's manufactured swag, it's manufactured crap, and for what? To go 2A against these teams? That stooge Jorge Baez was trying to force DJ to wear touchdown rings when he scored a goddamn touchdown. We're still down six points. That's the culture. That's the problem. It's the leadership. That's the head coach. What hell damn head coach out there who's got a team under 500 telling these kids to put crap on? DJ almost spit in his face. Go look at this damn... TV cut. It was George Baez, that clown from Gulliver who brought in Joe Jackson and two other stiffs that didn't do jack shit for three years and left. It's a joke, okay? That, that That's what the first thing. You don't know what swag is? Swag is pushing Brett Romberg's ugly-ass champagne Ford Ranger around the goddamn green tree in 100-degree weather in June or July when no one's watching. Swag yep. is going to the South Beach sand pit on a Saturday morning at 6 a.m. in July instead of going out to the real South Beach. You want the city's team? Miami is the city's team. It was a tough city in the 80s. It became a flashy city in the late 90s, early 2000s, and that's what Miami is. It's fake flash. It's no substance. It's some scrub renting a Lamborghini to go out on South Beach on a Friday and Saturday night to say, look at me, and then he goes home to stay in a one-bedroom apartment out west because he doesn't have that way. It's all a look-at-me thing. It's all fake, and it's all crap. And Manny Diaz with this new Miami, that's the, that's the epitome of this city. That's what Blake James wanted, and that's what Blake James got, and Blake James has got to go, and this football program needs an overhaul because there's one man that has plenty of money in that board of trustees, and there are many that have plenty of money. And Mrs. Sofer, who I know personally, and that family are almost Boone Pickens-like. And the gentleman that introduced Mark Rick, the head of the athletic of the BOT, is a client of my mother's. I'm not going to say my mother's name or who the guy is. You know who the guy is. His initials are D and E, and that son of a bitch has more money than God, and he's a billionaire, and there's two of them that I just listed, and there's 
a lot of animosity right now from one of those people. I'm not going to say who it is, but you can probably tell me you know who it is. I know you know who it is. And that one guy who introduced Mark Rick, there was another man in charge. There's another man that he wanted in that year. Doesn't make it right or wrong, but he wants someone right now, and he's willing to pay, and you have a lot of alumni willing to pay. And look at Jim Levitt when he's done at Florida State, comes in as an analyst. He wears a headset on the sideline. Different team in two weeks. Totally different team. Not saying they're world beaters, but they look competent. The guy that they had, Harlan, whatever the hell his name is, didn't look competent last year, didn't look competent for three weeks this year. Willie goes to the well, brings in this guy from Tampa that he's known forever when Willie was a high school coach and Jim was recruiting his school in Bradenton from USF. You bring a guy in, this program could have had Mario Cristobal be the head coach this year. Jim Levin would have been the new coordinator. I'm not saying Mario Cristobal is the hell of the head coach. Mario Cristobal, I think, is Butch Davis Jr. Mario Cristobal is not a great X's and O guys, but he's a hell of a recruiter, and he got, he's got some respect, and he can build a staff. When Butch Davis was here, was he ever the best X's and O's coach? No, he was not. But he had Chuck Pagano, NFL head coach, Rob Chizuski, NFL head coach, Larry Coker, college football head coach, to name a few. And there are plenty of other stud coaches on that staff. And then when he left, he left Coker the damn thing. Who comes in? You got Mark Stoops. You got a million. You got future head coaches all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, no doubt, in my opinion, man. this is a fake. This is a fake program right now. There is absolutely no substance. It's all flash. Look at me. It's all manufactured, and when you have a manufactured organization, you go out of business. You need an organization and business and life to sustain itself year after year after year, and you grow to the peak. That's what the Miami Hurricanes did in the late 70s and the 80s. They went on a downfall because the NCAA hated their damn guts, and they grew it back organically, right? Butch Davis grew it back through hard work by picking out a Cuban right tackle from Columbus High School as a walk-on, who to this day – if you re-listen to that interview in the locker room after the Florida State game in 2000, the one thing that came to his mind was running those one tenths in the summer. He said, I didn't run all those goddamn one tenths in the Florida State. And that guy was Joaquin. And yet Dan Morgan played in the fourth quarter of that game with a freaking needle in his arm because he took the damn IV out because, and he just played. He wrapped it up and played. That's swag. And like I said, it's swag is pushing Robert's truck around and all the tires and all the other crap. And Mike Rupp was part of that, and he's the only one that was part of that. And he's got to be rolling around in his damn office every day looking at what the hell he's looking at now and thinking, what am I doing here? What is going on? So excuse me for ranting and raving, but I just can't handle it anymore. And to oh, man, that was, people uh... to fly down from New York or where I'm at here in North Carolina or Orlando, spend $350, $400 on a damn round-trip flight, tickets, parking passes, beer, food, it's, it's a $1,000 weekend so, to watch that BS every freaking weekend. Get the hell out of here. I can drive to... Duke can watch them get there at 643 to 21 at the Thanksgiving weekend if I want to see that. What the hell am I going to fly down there for? Yeah. So well, appreciate your time. And, uh, hopefully it gets better soon, man. I, 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 feel, I feel you. Trust me. And you know. I, you, something's got to change. And it's the culture. And the biggest takeaway from this conversation that I think you should have, or if I didn't have, it was the picture of Bias trying to force those rings on DJ Dallas. That is the epitome of where we're at. And why we suck. It is that crap right you there. You know, I didn't see that. Where was that picture? It was after DJ scored. I think he, I don't know if you remember if it was a touchdown or the two. I remember the both. touchdown, I but but where did you where did you see um, Bias trying to put the rings he, on him? When he came, when DJ came to the sideline, so it must have been a two point conversion right after he scored the touchdown, right? And did and did DJ refuse the rings? Yes, he did. did he, he looked at him like he had 
he's like he had 16 goddamn hits. It, 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 that's an adult on the team, not a coach, but a staff member. That's the culture. If the, if the those idiots are going to, what the hell are the players going to think? What are the recruits going to think? Man. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. <laughs> so anyway. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show, man. Give us a call next week. Let's see what happens Friday night. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to the 419. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? I'm doing good, man. I, I feel like a little bit of a pinball here tonight. Everyone's like letting letting their frustrations out. But uh, I, I don't blame anybody, man. I, I know everyone's upset. I mean, I, I've been listening to it ever since uh, Saturday. I mean, people are very upset. Sure. And rightfully so. so how about you? Yeah. Who, who's, who, let's start with this. Who's this? <laughs> I'm Mo from the 419. Hey, what's up, man? So what do you got? How you yeah. feeling? I, of course we're depressed. I'm going to get that out of the way first and just kick it around. But, again, I, I throw something optimistic out there just so we feel better about life, or at least about Hurricane football. But let, let's get the depression. First of all, with this team, it, it is, like you said, a perfect energy. It is like a pinball just floating all around because we just find ways to lose. And I don't know how it's going to happen. It's always you know, something. There's, always, there's something different every, every time, but it's always something. Correct. And then you'll see spurts where you see this team playing little spurts where you're like, okay, this team is starting to get it. The North Carolina game, take away the first quarter, from the second till midway through the fourth, they dominate that game from, the, from those quarters. I mean, the defense is playing well. The offense is moving the ball. They get back in the game, and then the defense gives up a fourth and 17, and then you know how it ends. And then this week, I mean, obviously, terrible. I mean, but then the defense starts getting three and out, three and out, three and out, allows us to get back in the game. And then again, in crunch time, the defense gives up. I don't think that, that celebration penalty helps with the team starting on the 40. It just seems like we find ways to lose games, and you're just scratching your head, like, when is this team going to put it together and get it? And then that leads me to the point we talk about recruiting all the time, you know, recruiting this, recruiting that, recruiting, recruiting. But, of course, you have to have the guys to win games. There's no doubt about that. But what bothers me is we're getting our butts kicked by teams. If you look at the last five years, you'll get a team like North Carolina. You look at a team like Virginia Tech. They're way behind us in recruiting. Even Wisconsin, who's manhandled us the last two years in bowl games, way behind us in recruiting. It's not even close. And, and the same with the team we're about to play Friday. If you were to look the last five years, we've all recruited every one of those teams. They're all better than us. I mean, Wisconsin's market. Wisconsin, honestly, year in and year out is better than us. And if you look at the recruiting, we're infinitely better at supposedly recruiting. And so with the staff that we have, you look at the staff that we have in hand, Everybody say, okay, we got to do this, this, and this. The problem is you need a top head guy if you're going to send guys out, if you're going to recruit. Because the problem is you get a guy, let's say we bring in some guys, um, some assistants that are uh, perfect, that are really good recruiters. The problem is it's hard to go into a home and compete for a top elite athlete with an Alabama and Clemson when you've got six wins under your belt. you got seven wins. Okay, we won seven last year. This, one, this year we might win six. How do you go convince this kid, listen, it's in your best interest to come play for a 6-7 win team when you got Clemson and Alabama knocking at your door? That's a problem. It's going to be real hard to recruit those kids. And so I think it has to come from the development. I think you have to develop what you have. Are we developing? I don't know. You have four-star kids on the bench on the O-line well, that have done nothing. Yeah, you got to develop what you have, but you also got to recruit well in the first place. 
See, I think you have to uh, – in a situation where with a staff where I think that he has to develop what he has. You, you show that you are making some progress. This should have been a nine-win season. Then all no of a sudden the kids start saying, hey, there's something going on there in Miami. Maybe we want to go check out what's going on in Miami. Then you start getting the kids. That's how I feel. It's going to be tough to recruit these kids and to get these kids interested in Miami when you're winning six games. There has to be some sign of progress. There's something going on there. And that's just how I feel as far as you're not going to get the kids to come play for you in seven games. That's just not going to happen, at least not the elite kids. So you're going to have to bring in your three, four, you know, we may get a fringe four-star kid here and there, but, like, you're going to have to develop these kids at some point and show progress. Will it happen? I don't know. It's hard to say. But just anything optimistic. Let's get to the optimistic part. Anything optimistic to say, Jerry? What do you see optimistic about this program? That they're redshirting a lot of young kids. <laughs> that's the, that to me, like that is like that's the greatest thing I've seen in in years. I like that they're not wasting years yeah. of eligibility, and and they're kids that are good players. Like the, I think the defensive tackles from New York have some promise. Um, Jalar mm-hmm. Holly has promise. Uh, Jeremiah Payton definitely has promise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these aren't like bad players that are being redshirted that are just going to tie up scholarships. Like these are kids that should contribute relatively well to future teams. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you know, red, red, red shirt McLeod, red shirt Lingard. I mean, these are guys that should contribute in the future. Um, Correct. So that's the most positive thing I see. I'll be honest. Correct. Like I don't, I, I don't like a lot of other things I'm seeing right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But that, that to me is, is is a winner. Yeah, and I, and I fully agree. I do like the fact that we're structuring some of these kids, and hopefully they'll develop later on down the road and contribute, which they should, by all means. The biggest thing I'm seeing so far, I mean, we're only five games in. That, that could completely change overnight, but we're not getting blown out. We're competing. And, and you're right, it's not a moral victory, but there were years before previous past teams, you see these kids quit. Midway through the game, they get down 20, they get down, and they would just quit, and that game would just get downright ugly. I haven't seen that this year. Those kids are fighting mm-hmm. to the end, and whether we, you know, we could have won each of those three games. A few plays here or there, next thing you know, instead of being two and three, you're five and oh. And again, this is not a good football team. We have a relatively soft schedule. But the kids are battling. I got to give them credit for that. Another thing I like, I, I like with Perry the dynamic he gives the offense with his arm strength. He can stretch the field a little bit better. And I'm mm-hmm. perfect, and I totally agree with you. You just sometimes don't know what you're going to get. But you also have to look at the situation that kid came in last week. He didn't get the full starters reps. Um, he's coming in as a backup. And listen, that's a mess he came into. You're down 21 points. And I thought the kid responded admirably, and who knows if he – and I he absolutely have did. In Enos, with Enos as a quarterback coach, maybe he can coach this kid up. I just think he has a little bit of it. Even when Williams was in and we're playing lesser teams, I noticed that deep ball wasn't readily as available as it is with um, with Perry. And MVT may be a bad defense, but as was Bethune-Cookman, I just think Perry throws a better deep ball. And he gives us the ability to stretch the field. He does. Those are signs. Yeah, and I think that's a sign that you don't have to. Another, the biggest right now, Vegas has just knocked us up to a two-point favorite this week. I don't know what the hell they see that I don't see or enter the world. It's, because about. it's a Friday, it's a Friday night home night game. That's why short week they got to travel. It's a night game. A, you know, in in Hard Rock, look at the look at Miami's track record in night games at Hard Rock. You know, but back, I, I mean, going I, back I you know, so that's that's what they're looking at. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess. But I mean, you also look at their VT team. We had two weeks to get ready for it. They don't know, I think they're but, on my week, so they've been. But we also were a fourteen. We we also were a fourteen point favorite last week. Lost oh, lost by seven, and if they don't hit the hail mary, it would have been lost by fourteen. So it would have been the Vegas would have been twenty eight points off last week. <laughs> yeah, I know about reality. He's killing my ass. So that, I mean, but they're right a lot. They're right a lot. They uh, they are they they are right a lot. And 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 the reason is it's the reason for this is it's a Friday night game, you know, sure. I, you know, in Miami. Yeah, I, it's funny because I'm looking at that line. I'm sitting there thinking, God, you know, I, I don't know. You know, part of me thinking we're we're gonna find a way to blow this one. And I don't know what they see that I don't see, but you know, I'm sitting, we're sitting there looking at this line, and it it's actually went up. I mean, it started off at a point. I think I see it two two and a half right now. So I think the fact that I think that it's getting now that you know I think that Perry is going to start a lot of people because think that gives us a better shot. I don't know, but that's my optimism for the week there because this always been totally depressing, Gary. Yeah, well, people are just down. You know, it's it's it's, it's rough when it's rough when a foot when you know I think everybody looks forward to football season and when, and when it's over by the first week of October I mean that's kind of rough and then you factor in if you live in South Florida and you're cheering for the dolphins too and you got the worst team in the end of you know it's 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 it's, it's, it's a buzzkill man <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope hard I hope hard rock stadium is still standing by the by the super bowl <laughs> yeah it's yeah, uh, it's, it, 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 it's been pretty ugly in there all right man well hey thank you for being part of the show and give us a call next time all right thank you Todd. All right, guys, it's 1044, and I've got about seven people that still want to get on tonight. So I'm going to ask everybody to be real, real tight, and um, and um, let me let me try to get as many people on here um, as I can here in the last 15 minutes of the show. So let's go to the uh, 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Joel. What's up, Joel? Good. Talk to us. Yeah, um, yeah we're, we're going into rapid fire here. mode. <laughs> I can't say what I'm in rapid fire mode, but I'll go ahead anyways. Um, the biggest thing that I see with this team, and it's and it's been for several years now, is this whole square peg in round hole type of thing happening. Uh, we saw it first with um, uh, uh, Golden. Uh, with D'Onofrio, with the defense. He had the offense. If you remember, his offense was it was good. I mean, that offense was putting up points. But when it came to the defense, the scheme did not apply to the South Florida kids, and it just didn't work. It was a square peg and round hole, and he was stubborn, and he wouldn't make the change. Now, uh, uh, Rick. Rick, uh, we had the defense taking care of what many, many understood the strengths of the South Florida athletes. Uh, but on the offense, as we already know, again, square peg and round hole wasn't able to utilize the strengths of the South Florida kids. Plus, yeah, you know, I'll say the, the quarterback situation wasn't the greatest either. <laughs> but, um, you know, still the 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 the, the, uh, the offensive coordinator wasn't the best. Now fast forward to Manny. To me, regardless of you know we should have done this process and brought this coach and that coach, that to me is irrelevant at this point. Right now we have Manny Diaz, and the bottom line is going to be this: 
what adjustments is he going to make to make sure this ship sails and not fails? That, to me, is the bottom line that we need to see in these next coming weeks. Uh, it looks like he's trying. It looks like he's taking an approach the other coaches didn't do, Golden and Rick, and he's trying to do something on the defensive side. I guess we'll see uh, where that goes. The offensive side, I think we saw a glimpse of the potential of Miami's offense uh, last week. Uh, it, the, again, you've got to play to these kids' strengths. I, uh, I know Enos wanted to do this whole, uh, uh, you know, have these kind of keep the defense confused as far as what you're doing. It seems like the players are confused <laughs> as to what they're doing. So maximize the kids' strength. Well, Don't get this too, you know, complex and complicated. You see the strength. I, here's what I think happened last week, not to cut you off, but I think what happened last week is they, they spent two weeks with Jaron Williams working on getting the ball down the field and, and trying to add some more explosion to the offense. They put a lot of effort into the deep ball, and I think Jaron came out all guns blazing, looking to take what he did on the practice field and put it to use in the game. And it didn't work out. He went, you know, the, the guys recovered in a few cases. He went, he, um, he went to the wrong place with the ball. Uh, he, 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 and, and the interceptions kind of snowballed and, you know, you saw the rest. So like, I, I, that's what I think happened. And, you know, had it been a normal, week where maybe all the focus was not on that, maybe he would have done better. Right. You don't think his shoulder had anything to do with it either? I I can't believe that if his shoulder had something to do with it, that he would have been out there in the first place, because that makes no sense, because you saw what Nikozi's capable of. All right, let me let some other guys get on. Give us a call next week, okay? All right. I'm just going to try to zip through these. So, um, yeah, let's go to 904. You're on Kane Sport Live. Here. Yes, sir. How you doing? Who's this? Doing good. Who's this? Antoine, Antoine from Jacksonville. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Antoine? Talk to us. What you got? All right. I'm glad the last guy just said what he said. Against Florida, I know, Jaron slightly injured his shoulder. He slightly injured it. Mm-hmm. Against Central Michigan, when he took that second that safety, he hurt his shoulder. If you look at the replays of that game, if you can go back and watch the film, don't lie, I always tell the truth. He was flexing his shoulder uh, mm-hmm. when he went off in that game. He was hurt. Trust me, he okay. was hurt. He, but the, 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 the long story is, he, from all reports, barely beat out Nicosi from the start. Okay. So if he barely beats out Nicosi and he hurts his shoulder, and Nicosi goes in and shows out, what happens to Jaren? Jaren loses mm-hmm. his job. So Jaren mm-hmm. is trying to play hurt. But our coaching staff, which is their job and Manny's job, is to put the best players on the field to give us the best opportunity to win, period. That's his job before anything. If Jaren's shoulder was not 100%, and they've been watching him for the last two weeks, so they know that his shoulder was off. They had to know. They knew his shoulder was off. So you watch this, and you know you got Nicole Perry, who has experience, who is a decent quarterback on the bench, and you literally, you put Jaron out there, and Bud Foster says it point blank, in his, that's one of the best defensive coordinators in college football has been for a long time. That man said flat out, 
we knew he couldn't stretch the field. We knew he, his arm was not as strong, and probably because his shoulders hurt, and we told our DBs to do this, this, and this, and they did it, and they jumped mm-hmm. routes, and they and they beat us doing it. And mm-hmm. our coaches knew that he wasn't right, and they put him on the field and didn't put Nicosi out there. That's a problem. That's a real mm-hmm. problem. You don't put that man out there knowing that he's not right. And, and Nicosi gets in the game, and all of a sudden, you're like, well, what in the hell is going on here? You know what's going on? The quarterback that Jaron was scared to see to get in that game and take his job, it happened. It happened on that field. Now, Nicosi, in his defense, I know he made some bad throws in that game, and he got away with them. Here's the problem. Jaron got named the quarterback two months ago. For two months, Jaron's been getting the lion's shares of the reps with the with the ones with the first team. So Nicole really ain't been prepared to go in the game from the start. So when he goes in there, it may look like he's a space cadet for a couple of plays. Why? Because he ain't been getting the, 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 the lion's share of these reps with the team. So that kills, that kills, well, he's not ready. Yeah, because Jaron, they've been trying to get, be barely, our offensive operation since the beginning of the season has not looked crisp from from the very start. So you're telling me they can barely get Jaron ready to play, but they got Nicosi ready to play? Come on, Gary. I got I, I got some some, some uh, coastal land. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't dis I don't dispute anything you're saying. Here here's the one thing that that I I feel comes into play, and um, you know, Man, Manny's seen Nicosi now for a few years, and he understands. Yeah, but no, no. But listen, he understands the the the, the pluses and minuses with Nicosi. And he might have been looking for better than that and hoping that Jaron could be better. Um, when the cozy, I said it earlier, when the cozy is good, he looks great out there. Throws a beautiful ball, tight spiral. He's on the money most of the time. But he's, but there are going to be a half dozen plays that you're just shaking your head that, that will get you beat against good teams. So I think in, in defense of Manny, I think Manny understands that. And they're trying to get better at that position. Um, but you know we'll see. Like I think Nicosi's much better this year than he was was last year. So you know because maybe he, has he can a real clean quarterback coach. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. And maybe he can clean it up. I think we're going to find out Friday night because Virginia's better than Virginia oh. Tech. All right, man. Oh, hey, listen. Yeah. I'm going to try to get a few we're, more guys here before we go tonight. Call in next week earlier. Okay. Great call. Thank oh, you. Okay. Thank you. All right. We're going back to the 904 again. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Yeah. Who's this? Hey, Gary, this is Lorenzo, man. I'm calling from out of California, actually, man. I'm gonna make What's this up, Lorenzo? Talk to us. Hey, man, three things I want to talk about. First thing I want to say, man, hey, this, at the end of the day, this is man of Diaz defense. I know everybody's saying all this stuff. This is man of Diaz defense. He even said in the press conference, they've been doing the same defense for three years, right? It's a part of the fourth year or whatever. But these coaches in the ACC, they're getting better. And this defense oh, absolutely. is not complicated. His defense is not that complicated to – you understand to figure out. And once you figure it, out the, the blitz and guys, it's going to be receivers open. And that's what they're finding out. The receivers are wide open and they hit. Wide open. If you, look at the yep. CM, if you look at the CMU game, the CMU game, those guys are running open. If these guys could catch the ball, that game probably would have been an upset, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? I, but I agree. I just feel like, I, I just feel like th- this is his defense. That's why he's got the same coordinator, or excuse me, the same position coaches when he brought in the coordinator. That coordinator is bringing his guy. This is Manny Diaz's defense. He brought in his protege and to continue to run his defense. It's just that these guys, they, they done, his, that defense is old now. He's doing the same thing. He needs to do something new. You know what I mean? That's that. You know what I'm saying? Make, make it quick. 
at the same time, honest, I think this is going to be an unpopular opinion, Gary. I think that when, when Manny said that he's, he's going to um, get more part of the defense, I don't think he should have came out publicly and said that. That's just me personally. Because if you do fix it, you, you're paying the guy hundreds of millions of dollars. You wouldn't fix something that he couldn't fix as far as your defensive coordinator. So what you going to do with this guy at the end of the year? Because you had to go and do his job. Right yeah. now, I, I think he's trying to. Show, I think he's trying to show everybody that he's on the case. That he's trying, you know, that he's trying to fix things. I, 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 otherwise, you're absolutely right. There was there'd be no other reason to do that. But another thing, Gary, if he don't fix it, where do you go from there? Now you don't tell the world that I'm about to go in and, and try to fix this. And if you don't do it, where do you go? You fire yourself. Like, what did you do? I don't know, man. It, it don't, at that point, it doesn't matter because if they keep losing, everyone's looking at Manny anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. So Manny Barry, he's been secretive lately or whatever. I think that he should, he should have fixed it and let him know that there's going to be changes or whatever the case may be. But he shouldn't have said that he was going to go and do it. That's just personal yeah. opinion. The third, the third thing I want to talk about, I'll be careful with just saying, okay, Nikosi is a man now. I kind of slow down on that because let's be honest. But if Bud Foster would have prepared for Nikosi, that would have been a different game. They, they, they would, he wouldn't have been lighting up. They were preparing for a guy who was a takedown guy, a guy who throw quick slants, a guy who throw over the middle a lot. You know, so they were preparing for Jaron Williams because he has been, you know, they were preparing for that. But I think if, mm-hmm. if he had time to prepare for Nikosi, he would have. He, it would have been a different outcome. That's just my personal opinion. I, I slow down with Nikosi as the savior and all of that stuff because you're going to find out in Virginia is he really that yep. guy. You're going to find yep. out. Yep. All right, man. Hey, thank you. Th- thanks for being part of the show. Give us give us a call next week. Let's go to the eight six five. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's James. How you doing, buddy? What's up, James? Talk to us quick. Go. Hey, real quick, man. Um, just wanted to just say that, uh, you know, I kind of see that Friday's kind of we're at a crossroads because if you think about it, a year ago at this time we were coming off that Florida State uh, emotional win, comeback, you know, everybody was kind of feeling good, you know, we were still in the thick of things of the ACC. And we went up to Virginia, we just laid an egg up there, you mm-hmm. know, and Rick started the quarterback battle and, and uh, you know, the musical chairs and so forth. I mean, if Jaron's not good to go this week, Gary – and Nikosi comes out there and, you know, wins this game for us. I mean, I feel like it almost could be almost a positive that we maybe turn it around. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to find something, brother, because, I, I mean, I had yeah, a whole you. show tonight. But they're, but they're feeling. I mean, you know, we're all hurt. 15, 17 years of this stuff, and nothing's really changed. You have a win here and there, but there's no consistency. That's the thing. So, uh but uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is, um, do you think Lorenzo Lingard's knee is a legitimate issue at this point? Because last year it seemed like it was just a, a, a hurt knee, and uh, now it's like, I mean, this is almost like coming out to be like a Willis McGahee type of thing. Where, no, you know, no, 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 it's so not. Forth. No, he's he's been doing he's been doing pretty well in practice. I mean, he's 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 fine. He's cleared. Uh, he said what Manny said was that he just realizes that he's still not really a hundred hundred like percent and it doesn't even matter because if he was a hundred percent he's still the third third string running back right now and it makes sense to redshirt him it, it just doesn't make sense for him to be a junior next year who has never really played that's that's I, so I agree with it I think it's a great move I hope he's on board with it and his parents are on board with it and they just move forward from here because that's really the best thing for his career because even like well, I said I earlier if, right. if he comes back next year and has a great season he's the best running back in the country he could still go to the NFL 
So what's the, where's the harm? Yeah. But but if he's not yeah, no, that, no, not at all. And, and if he's not that, he's still the second or third string running back. Well, now he's now he's just he's only a sophomore, so he still has two more years to play. So you're right. It's all you're good. Right. I, I think I, just, I, I, think, I guess I just get scared. I just I guess oh, I just no. get scared. Gary, if he leaves, he leaves. Like, Let me tell you is... something. It it is so about time that they start managing the roster in a more professional way in this program. And that is the best thing Manny Diaz is doing right now. I agree. I know. I agree with you on that. I just, I just would just love to just see just the the depth, you know, like the, the stable that we had at one time where you had, like, if one guy does go down, you have another one in its place. And, and what's the, is, is Cheney still, we're not close to that yet going on and so forth. No, no, not at all. But I'm just saying Cheney, is he still on board? Is he still going to be, he still is. I'm nervous. I'm nervous because I'm not seeing him a lot. And I yeah, know Georgia, George, George, George is teeing him up. So I don't know. I would hold my breath on that one. All right, Gary. We'll, well listen, I'll let All somebody right, else get on. I'll definitely call next week earlier. Okay, brother. You have a good one. You, got, show. you got it. Bye. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. Last call tonight. Let's go to three Oh five. You're on Kane sport live. You with us? Three Oh five going once going twice. All right. Give us, give us a call next week. All right, guys, that's going to be it for tonight. Um, man, I, I, I just want you to know I, I feel everyone's pain. Uh, I mean, it is, it's been a rough road here for a long time and uh, not a lot of great moments. You had a few in 2017 that gave you hope. Uh, the wheels fell off last year, and there's just been a continuation of the same this year and uh maybe maybe almost worse because you know you're hoping that with a with a, a fresh start maybe things would be better so you got virginia friday night i think that's a massive massive game for this program um you know you can't let this thing slide to the point where now you got to f- try to figure out you know man maybe you know manny can't do it and now you're stuck with three or four years of contract, and you're in a you're in an absolute mess. And I don't know that Manny Diaz is going to walk, would walk away like Mark Rick did. So Manny's got to prove something this week. He's got to, you know, you got Virginia, a home game at night in Hard Rock. Okay, you got everything going for you. Um, you got to get the kids ready to play. You got to bring them out all geeked up, and you got to find a way to win this game and get your program back to three and three with the whole second half of the season ahead of you and just change the mood in the room, put a little oxygen back in. And hopefully when we come back here next Tuesday night, we've got oxygen in the room because tonight there was not a lot of oxygen and I can't argue with one bit of it. I understand how everyone feels. So um, I want to thank Cillian oven. Uh, I, I hope uh, those of you that are going to the game Friday night can stop at maybe their plantation location or their Aventura location and pick up some food for your tailgate. You will not regret it. I think you've figured that out by now, listening to me and everybody else talk about Sicilian oven, um, six locations throughout South Florida. The fountains plantation location is off university drive. Um, the Aventura location is at 205th and Biscayne. Then you've got, um, a lighthouse point, location at the shops at Beacon Light. Uh, You've got a Coral Springs location at Sample Road at 101st, um, Boca Raton location, and then the Fort Lauderdale location on Oakland Park Boulevard, just west of Bayview. So check out Sicilian Oven, where you will not only love the taste, 
You will taste the love. We'll be back here next Tuesday night to do it again. Pray for the Canes. Need a big victory. Friday, hope I see a lot of you at Hard Rock. And um, we'll see you next Tuesday night, everybody. Have a good evening. Thank <laughs> you.